0: a 60s co-performer, the world's laziest sheriff, and small-town perviness and rape. Oh, and titties! We watch Blood Harvest. We watch it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. Moon Goons, welcome to the Horrible Horror Podcast, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. With me today as always is my buddy, my co-host, my bestest friendest Mr. Aaron Southworth. How are you doing on this fine, fine, sunny Sunday afternoon? Oh, there's
1: that answer. I need a drink. <laughs> I need a drink. This movie. Jesus Christ. Uh but yeah, man, I'm doing okay. Uh last night I watched uh Three championship fights in the UFC. A lot of fun. Of course, I hit it by myself and got drunk. <laughs> but it was a good time. Fun to be had by all.
0: All being me. All being you. Uh, yeah, three championship fights with people I've never heard of anymore. I am so out of the loop with UFC that I have no idea who these people are anymore. No, I don't think there's one person on there that you'd know. Is know. um, is Forrest Griffin, is he still fighting? Uh, He's been retired
1: for like 10 years.
0: Oh, Oh, well, what about uh, Randy Couture? He's a guy. I know him, right? He's been retired for like 15 years. Oh, shit. Uh, how about uh, GSP, George St. Pierre? He, he's got to still be fighting, right? He was awesome. Well, he
1: came <laughs> back a couple years ago oh. <laughs> and won the 185-pound uh, belt. Okay. He used to be one. He was 170, <laughs> champ for a long time, retired, came back for one fight, beat Michael Bisbing uh, for the 185 strap, and then he goes, thanks, but no thanks, I'm out. See you, bitches. <laughs> he basically just took the belt from Michael Bisping and then just goes, I'm out. <laughs> well, but that's was, a great
0: way to go out. I there, guess.
1: Was, there was chatter of him possibly fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, I and, don't know who that is. That sounds
0: like gibberish to me. <laughs> only one of the best fighters in the world. Okay. <laughs> Take your word for it. Um, so, uh, Also, on a side note, guys, uh, we are in March now, so that means... It is time once again for the annual Horrible Horror March Movie Madness Tournament of Awfulness. Uh, I'm excited, but it's going to be a little different this year, guys, since uh, 2020 was so fucked up. uh, We didn't really have a whole... Enough movies, really episodes, to do a full tournament like we normally did. It's COVID rules. COVID it's, rules. It's yeah. kind of like when Major League Baseball let the National
1: League have a designated hitter.
0: <laughs> it's COVID rules. COVID rules. That's a great way of putting it. So basically, what's going to happen is it's going to be a much shorter tournament. It's smaller, less less teams, if you will, less movies, than and l- less work for me. Yeah, that's the only thing Aaron cares about. <laughs> um, Aaron's like the sheriff of this movie. Uh, <laughs> he uh, so also so instead of uh, 32, we only have uh, I think basically we dimmed it down to like there'll be 16 uh, in this one, and of those six, before that there will actually be a play-in round, just like they do in the World Tournament, where there'll be a few movies on the outskirts, like the, you know your your first four in, last four out, or whatever last whatever that is. Uh, there'll be a play in round to finish out the, uh, to make the full field of 16 and that will start our actual tournament. Uh, I also think this year, uh, we will probably do the first, the play in round and pr- maybe the first round Well Aaron and I will probably might just do it ourselves before we open it up to voting from there on out, just to kind of make things go a little more smoothly and cause everything's so messed up. Um, but I don't know about that hundred percent, but there is a tournament and you will be able to vote on it at some point. Uh, keep. So if you want more information, we will get the bonus episodes of those up on our Patreon page. So if you want to follow along, uh, that'll be Patreon content. You can join that, uh, if you want to check it out and then follow on Instagram and stuff. When we start posting (coughs) and opening up for the voting to help crown this year's worst of the worst champion. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So with that said, uh, I don't believe, Aaron, is there anything else you want to talk about or need to say before we start this?
1: Um, man, not really. I don't have much on my plate all um, right. other than yeah, I got a new kettlebell, 35 pounds. All awesome. right. <laughs> That's it, man. I got nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, congratulations on your new pet- kettlebell. Thank I'm sure you. You, you two will be very happy together. It makes um. me sweaty. <laughs> um. All right. So let's this week's movie uh is blood harvest aka continuity and who cares uh from 1987 not to be confused with the newer blood harvest from like 2016 and i think there's one from the 60s maybe too i'm not sure so the 2016 blood harvest is that like a remake i don't know i haven't watched it i don't think so i think that has something to do with from what i I read quick blurb on it. it's something to do with like Actual blood harvesting, like sucking people's bloods, like at a blood bank or something. like and that And
1: it's not like the level in Left for Dead.
0: No, Remember not that? the yes. Uh, yeah. It took me. Wait, wait. Oh yeah, the Left for Dead. Yes, that's <laughs> not your. They're not run through cornfields and waiting for the military to save them at an old farmhouse. So, that is a fun game. That is a fun fucking game. All right. Um. So let this movie Blood Harvest. This one what we're doing was released on January first of nineteen eighty seven. So. The first movie released of the new year. Uh, I don't know if that's 100% true, but January 1st, which is weird because let me ask you this. When you watch this, it seems like January is a weird time to release this movie. Because it's not a Christmas or holiday or winter horror movie. This is a springtime, summer
1: yeah. horror movie. it's definitely more of a summertime. Because, so it's so weird. Yeah, she, she I came home from school or something. The main character yeah. came home from school. Jill came home from school. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, it's it's. I just wish more movies would correspond with the release date and what's happening at that time in the month. Like... Course, like a lot of you know, you have your summer blockbusters, you have your horror movies, which typically in the past would come out at the end of the summer, but I think they're finally now starting to get the goddamn message to start <laughs> releasing it in
0: early October or late yeah. September. Maybe my here's the one it just dawned on me. The only thing that I can think of is one, it's the 80s, so they're cranking out horror movies all the time. Um, and if this, I don't even know if this had a theatrical release or not, I don't know if it did. Maybe the only reason they released in January is because we said so it wasn't going up against some of the bitter competition this summer. They released in that weird January downtime where there's not much going out there to try to capitalize as much as they can. If it was even released in theaters. I don't know if it did. I never saw a figure a, on that. That's a
1: really good point. You don't have a lot of competition, and if you're a shit movie... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you'll get some, you know... A little you, what you extra... Get a little bit of a bump because yeah. there's nothing else out there. Like, oh, I do want to see fucking Tiny Tim. Yeah. And the other Blood thing is, Harvest. like,
0: because there's, like I said, there's are just cranking out sh- horror movie after horror movie, so who cares what... would not try to relate to any kind of... Fucking Tiny time. Tim, man. Yeah, well, let's bring him up. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him, I guess. Uh, this movie's written... Uh, written by Chris Valar, William Arthur, Ben Benson, and Leszek Berzinski. Ben Benson? Ben Benson. His parents hated him. <laughs> <laughs> and directed by Bill Rubain. Uh You can find this currently on Tubi for free. Uh, it's only I place. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only, which is the only reason why, which is why I did it now, because I've had this movie on our list for a while. Uh, but I never thought I couldn't find it anywhere until Tubi comes along and they had it. So uh, our cast is our main girl Jill is made by Itonia solo Um this is her one and only acting credit. She's the huh. one and done after this, which is very surprising to me. Um, and I guess we'll talk more about her later. But I was surprised. The Sheriff is played by Frank Benson, who I'm pretty sure is the brother of writer Ben Benson. Ben Benson. <laughs> uh, and then the priest, who has like two lines or one line, he's makes a, he's the writer Leszek Brzezinski makes a cameo in this. Okay. Uh, the boyfriend, who's just quoted as the boyfriend, even though he has a fucking name in the movie, which is said a lot, he's discredited as boyfriend Scott. Yeah, that, yeah. I that's, mean, that's I'd be pissed. I'm like, come on, guys! I have a name. No <laughs> shit. That's really weird. <laughs> boyfriend. He's just credited as boyfriend in the credits, <laughs> on the in the on IMDb, in the movie credits, is just boyfriend. I mean, it's kind of accurate because he's such a shit character it's just like boyfriend boyfriend <laughs> but the weird thing about it is that he's the one person from this movie who went on to have an actual career uh he uh and pretty decent he's got 38 credits after uh including this one 55 episodes of the current tv show 911, which is currently airing like fox or nbc or something like that He's 63 episodes of, I think it was HBO or Showtime show six feet under where he played Nate Fisher, HBO. He was in 45 episodes of the short lived sitcom sports night, which was back in the early two thousands where he played Casey McCall It was basically like, uh, what if, you know, let's put it, make a sitcom in the ESPN office basically. I know exactly who this guy is. And <laughs> he's also in Spin City, Party of 5, Beverly Hills 90210, and he was in The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. So, and oh, his name is Peter Krause, by the way. I didn't forget forgot to forget that. Yeah, I didn't name, even Peter It's so Krause. funny
1: because you I he's a pretty rec- my my wife loves 6 feet under. So, so we watched, yeah. you know, we watched every episode. I think we watched it twice. And it's a good show. It is a good show. Uh the Nate Fisher character his brother is brothers with a uh, uh I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Dexter. Um, God, it's gonna bother me now. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. No, yeah, that, isn't no. that Anthony Michael Hall? That's something Hall. Yeah, it's something Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Isn't that the? That might be. Yeah, that's the guy nerd from like yeah, Breakfast uh, Club.
0: Shit. Something Hall. Whatever. Man. Anyway,
1: yeah. <clears throat> that guy. But uh, yeah, it was a good show. Uh, but when importantly, I when I, when I, when I was
0: I watched this movie and I didn't even like really recognize him. Yeah. I kind of feel bad. Um, and then, lastly, the big name—if I guess you want to call for it. most of our listeners—probably have no idea who the fuck this is. And when you listen to the intro of this episode, you're like, "What the fuck is that music?" But um, our the, one of the main guys, Mervo or Merv, is played by Tiny Tim. Now, Tiny Tim, for you guys who don't know, he was a very unique act, uh, known for singing and playing the ukulele. He was kind of like a cult phenomenon. He uh, his popularity peaked in the mid the late '60s, um, thanks to multiple appearances on the Rowan and Martin's Laughing Show, that was a, which was a big hit, a, very, a predecessor like Saturday Night Live and other comedy skit shows. Yeah,
1: he like he sang in falsetto. Yes, his he most famous song, "Tiptoe, tip-toe through, through the, the tulips, tulips," which is yeah. what
0: you heard in the opening. Uh, he did. He has made face and he sung falsetto even though he's a natural baritone and he played a ukulele yes. and he just had a funky look. He had long and, curly yeah. hair, very kind of man-childish look to him. Um he he, he actually started out under the name as Larry Love, which is kind of interesting. Larry Love. Uh he married a 17-year-old girl named Vicky Budinger, known as Miss Vicky, live on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And at the time, that episode was the highest-rated ever episode recorded for an evening talk show and had an an incredible 85% share of the audience watching TV at that time. Jesus. That's fucking unheard of. That's so... Like, old TV and old, like, acts and stuff, it's so weird to think about that
1: now. Yeah. You think about Tiny Tim because he was a cult character and people are like, oh, look at this weirdo who plays the ukulele with long hair and he's kind of like... Without the internet, of course, like there's only gonna be a few of those but now there's literally millions of people like a tiny Tim, you yeah. know, who have their own little niche or thing like king. But because it's everyone can do it, no one, you know, they all get drowned out. It's so weird that this guy happened to have a successful career.
0: Yeah, and his yeah. music the thing was like his music was like covers. It was all covers but or but it was he was fascinated and loved Old time music, like music from like the 20s mm-hmm. and like 1800s, and from the the bygone eras of of proper civilized society, if you will, like stuff like that. And he kind of redid it. He, uh, he called he called himself a musicologist. Um. Anyway, so him and Vicky divorced uh eight years after marriage. They had a daughter together who they named Tulip. Uh, he had, a, he had highly lucrative gigs in Vegas, but he was fleeced by his business associates and left him pretty much penniless. Um, shortly after his, his, his 15 minutes of fame, his star began to fade. He started getting dubbed One Trick Pony because of it. Uh, and He ended up touring and performing in small venues like community centers and high school theaters. He even toyed with Roy Radden's Vaudeville Review. Which makes it He was a involved Like he's perfect Oh absolutely though. yeah. I mean, and he toured with a circus At one point Jesus Christ Like
1: it's such a weird career
0: It's so like, weird And he
1: was on one of the Highest rated shows <laughs> Like the audience Like that's crazy Millions yeah. and millions And pe- millions of people 45 million people I think tuned in to watch that And even today Like today Sanders That's huge But by then It was just astronomical Astronomical uh, It's so strange This guy's Weirdo career Weirdo God maker. damn it
0: <laughs> I he toured with a circus for 36 weeks.
1: I'm pretty impressed by it, honestly. Yeah,
0: it's incredible. Because he is a one-trick pony. He is a one-trick, yeah. He 100%. doesn't juggle. <laughs> he plays the ukulele and sings a falsetto. Um, but after he, the circus, he moved to Des Moines, Iowa in 1980. He had a small comeback in the 90s thanks to appearances on Howard Stern. show. because apparently Howard Stern became a big fan of this guy because he was so awkward and unique. Uh, but this comeback was short-lived because he suffered a heart attack while playing at a ukulele festival in September of 1996. Dude. After getting out of the hospital, he returned to performing uh, and touring, but that ended up suffering another heart attack on November 30th. So basically two months later, he had a second heart attack while performing Tiptoe Through the Tulips on stage in Minneapolis, and he died an hour later at the age of 64. What a way to go. What a way to
1: go! You die performing your your 15 minutes of fame song yeah. at a ukulele convention, or you know, on, on a, I'm sure it was a shitty little stage. Half the people, were oh sure yeah, were gone. Here's
0: another weird fact for him. Even though he loved, like he was married two more times, and he was married when he died to some girl who and they'd only been married for like a few months. months before he died. But he even though he he like he was he liked the idea of being love, He was so off-put and like awkward about being with the person he loved that he actually would have like a separate house for his wife like next door and then they could come make they visit hang out and but he would go back and live in his own house dude or they have separate bedrooms and it was really weird he felt like more at home like on the road tour and then being at home even though he did want to be married in love but he he would he had a separate house for his wife at one point.
1: i've heard about people having separate beds
0: yeah and maybe
1: even separate rooms, but separate fucking house. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. He's a crazy. Somebody likes character. his privacy.
0: Yeah. So with that said, there's our background. On Tiny Tim, just a oh, weird ass oh. character. I do have something else about Tiny Tim. All right. Because I was looking stuff up.
1: Jerry the King Lawler, Lawler's Court, the King's Court. Yes. 1993. Yes. yes. Had Tiny Tim on and bashed him with a ukulele. Yes. They and then did. got down, was yelling at him and putting the microphone in front of him. He's like. Ooh, <laughs> What the fuck?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Jerry crowd, Lawler
1: beat up Tiny Tim.
0: Uh, I think in some of the crowd was trying to chain Burger King and then try to get him, get him to call Tiny Tim to Dairy Queen or something like that. I don't know. It's some weird, but yes, that I did see that bit as God well. Damn it! <laughs> fuck so, Jerry Lawler. Yeah, fuck him. I don't know why I hate him so I, much. I hate not injury, Jerry Lawrence either. I but won't it's, lie. It's part of his character. It's
1: part of like what he does when he gets like all oh, fucking He gets out of my skin. And I think that's his it's obviously by design. Yeah. So he's doing good it right. for him. But but fuck him. As a
0: character, like <laughs> when he's doing that as a character, that's fine, but when he's a commentator, that's when like you don't have to be in that character all the fucking time. And that's why I started hating the most. Not when his wrestling persona, because that's different. That's in the ring, your character is fine. But when you're on the, like the commentary table with JR that's the character I hated the most because I couldn't stand his high pitch, like oh, that, the puppies!" <laughs> <laughs> this weird laugh he do. He, he acted like a twelve year old child when he's broadcasting national TV with like the most like professional person, of all, like Jr. You know, and like I. That's when I really fucking started hating Lawler. Was, when he was with his commentary cuz I could not stand him. I don't know, man.
1: Jr. and Lawler was one of the best combos. One of the best. Now, it's- I don't know. I
0: think. I think grill monsoon and bobby, bobby heenan i was about to say so, i think that's the best one of it's all not time grill
1: monsoon bobby heenan great but it's still really fucking good because he was such a fucking goofball and jr was the straight man and they both had sweet one-liners man. they did i will yeah. give them that
0: they did have some good ones all right enough of that <laughs> let's move on to the movie uh so the movie opens straight with with some credits and then a close-up of tiny tim in clown makeup uh as he's singing like the Jack and Jill nursery rhyme, only he replaces the name Jack with the name Gary. And while he sings, we get shots of some middle-aged man getting strung up upside down in a bar, and he's hanging up by his ankles. And then it cuts to this rainy night as local EMTs load a body in the back of an ambulance while we see a younger blonde guy watching through a window, but his face is a little distorted because of the rain running down the window in front of him, so you can't really get a clear shot of who he is. We hear a cop on the radio saying that they have a double DOA at a Dickerson farm. And that's the scene. And then we cut to the... Double local... DOA at Dickerson's Yes. Uh... Act now. <laughs> uh, we Then we cut to the local uh, real estate auction where uh, one of the local farms is... And all of its equipment livestock, all, the, all this is going to be auctioned off. And the crowd of local townsfolk... They ain't having it. They ain't not having it. Uh, you get out! Get get <laughs> out of here, vermin! <varbit. laughs> they are pissed off, and uh, that the, the far, another uh, that another farm is being auctioned off. Uh, so apparently this has happened more than once now. It's kinda of hard to understand because the, the the sound quality is
1: pretty bad. You hear the auctioneer going rawr, rawr, rawr. he's saying he's telling he's basically laying down exposition exposition dump, but it's hard to tell over the the rabble ralls going rabble 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 rabble. I couldn't understand what the, was happening.
0: Yeah, the, the the crowd doing the rabble rabble. And it doesn't help that the auctioneer who's trying to explain like, what's happening with the auction, He because, talks like Because that. he's doing it in his auction voice. So he's speaking like this, like, do I have this, do I have farms going... He's doing his auction voice, trying to give you information, like, give which is a- just the... Worst way to try to explain information is to a fast-speaking auction. It's like having the micro machine guy trying to read you the fine print of something. Like, wait, 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 what? I needed that. Oh, I guess. Okay, never mind, I guess. What oh, was that side effect to that <laughs> medication? Hot, I, I, I. hot dog fingers? What? I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's that. And then uh, then during the scene, it does cut back to the man strung in a barn that we saw. Getting strung, gets his throat slit by a mystery man roll the title card uh the amount of blood that comes out of this uh sliced neck wound is pathetic uh the blood should be like gushing and flowing like when you split somebody's neck oh but like it's like like niagara falls or something it to be a blood waterfall but instead we just get like a little small splurt like, pfft, there there's it that's yeah and get.
1: that's that's common through the whole movie uh and i this is blood harvest man yeah you, bring, if you put
0: bring blood in the goddamn name of the movie. You better deliver the I'm blood. saying. I'm saying. <laughs> um. So now we cut to our main girl Jill walking down uh the small town streets. While she walks, we get a voiceover of her talking to her mother on the phone about how she's coming home from college for a, a visit. A one-sided conversation. Yes, it's all you just hear her voice. Um, but she's coming home from college either for the summer or for a visit or something. But she's coming home. And then we learn that her dad works for the bank that is responsible for all the foreclosures um, on the farms that are going under and getting auctioned off. So Jill heads to the bank where her dad works and hopes to look for him. Like, hey, maybe I can get a ride home from him. I'll stay out with my dad. Uh, but the lady working the desk tells Jill that uh, she hasn't seen Jill's dad or mom all day. Both the parents have been MRA. They haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. So Jill heads next to the Oli and Goldie restaurant where she meets up with her friend Sarah, who works there, um, I guess, as a waitress. And uh, then we cut away to Tiny Tim sitting in an armchair watching a news report on TV about all the forced farm foreclosures going on and the bank's representative, Jill's dad had to be escorted away from the auctions and all this by the local sheriff for his own protection because the local farmers are getting so pissed off they're worried about his safety. Um, This is a local-ass broadcast man yeah, let me tell you because they're, like,
1: they're mentioning people by last name in this one yeah. it's not it's not like a st louis broadcast or any major city and i understand small towns still have their affiliates you know still have their small small uh news affiliates but they're like the anderson's farm got taken and the Richmonds are up next and watch out jim they're coming for your daughter you know like
0: like it's getting real specific this is a tiny ass town um so we go back to the restaurant where Jill's talking to Sarah about her college boyfriend who has muscles in all the right places and is captain of the football team. Just, ooh, doggy, He's, he's the bee's knees. He's the cream of the crop. The cat's meow. Yes. Um, and then he cuts to Jill getting a ride home from Sarah. And when Jill walks up to her family's farmhouse, she finds it's been vandalized. Like the words thief, bastard, and scum. And get out! Have all been been painted all over the outside of the house.
1: And I got to say, Sarah, kind of a bitch, uh, dropped her off uh, at the end of the driveway, which is like the longest goddamn driveway. It's so long, you can't see that a white house has been vandalized with red paint.
2: Yeah, That's That's how
1: far away it is. She has to run because she sees it after she gets halfway there of her mile-long journey. And she runs the rest of the way carrying her bags. I'm like, bitch, couldn't you just drive down the driveway, dropped her off?
0: That's what a true blue friend would do. Yeah, I... I, I And make sure too. you get in safely Would watch you. That would be the, yeah. the extra step, yes. So, um, seeing this, Jill runs up to the house looking for her parents. As she runs, dim titties of her have a great bounce. Dude, I they, do. That. they do. They um, do. Jill throws open the front door and screams as she comes face to face with a dead hanging by that has an arrow through its chest. But it turns out it's just an effigy. It's just a dummy basically straw man, straw man. Yeah. Uh, Joe enters the kitchen and again, gets scared when she sees a strange man dressed up like a clown standing there in the kitchen. Yeah. That's That's freaky. as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And her reaction
1: is like, who are you? you? What (laughs) are you doing here? I'm like, Bitch, dude, your house is vandalized. There's a fucking, like, dead dummy. Dead dummy hanging up with an arrow through his chest, and you see a fucking clown <laughs> hanging out, and you're like, I'd be like, bit of bow, I'm out. You know, that's like <laughs> a nightmare
0: right there. Right? And, she's <laughs> and she's just, just like,
1: hey, you, what's going on?
0: <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I kind of want to hear uh, what Sarah Samples would do in that situation, because uh, I know she has a. Horrible fear of clowns. Yeah, I, I had the feeling she'd go
1: into fight or flight mode, and honestly, with the length of that driveway, she'd probably fight. Why run back know. on she's that guy? she's a hell of a runner, man. She's not run that guy. That's like, true. Out. She's way better. No shape one's than, catching up with her. Way
0: better shape than anybody else in the horrible horror podcast family. I'll yeah. tell you that. Um, so, uh, the clown turns around, and we see that it's Tiny Tim. Uh, Jill doesn't recognize him at first, but then realizes that it's Merv or Mervo as he goes by. Mervo the Magnificent. Yes. Uh, he welcomes Jill home, officer of a bouquet of flowers, but Jill doesn't seem to even notice them. And just wants answers about where her parents are and what happened to her house. It's getting creepy choice. quick. So, it's getting yeah. creepy
1: quick. It's not
0: bad. Uh, no.
1: I gotta give Tiny Tim some credit here. He's definitely got the creepy vibes going. I don't think it's much of a stretch for him. No, though. I don't think it is either. But no. I will say, for, I was surprised. <laughs> I was pleasantly
0: yeah. surprised by Tiny Tim in this as well. Uh, Mervo no answers her. and just keeps going on about the flowers. And he does a really good job here, playing the creepy odd character. Um, so, uh, at this point, in comes Gary Mervo's brother and Jill's longtime friend. Uh, she asks him about her parents and what's going on. And Gary tells her that things have been really tense around here with the bank and the farms closing. So Mer- Mervo starts singing, sings a little song or something, hands Jill the flowers, and he leaves.
1: And you know how you find out that Eric is uh, related to Mervo. Or Gary. He's, I'm Gary is right. yeah, like, really like, oh, there goes my crazy brother again. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's so unnatural. Yeah. Especially since these are people who've grown up together and yeah. she knows. I mean, she recognized him. She's like, oh, shit. There's it's you, Marv or Merv or whatever.
0: Yeah. And and he's like, there goes my crazy brother again. <laughs> waka waka. <you> know? <laughs> so, um. So, yeah, Gary says then says that Mervo is getting worse. And that he hardly ever takes off the makeup anymore, and then Gary just leaves to take Mervo home. Jill heads up to her old room, settles in, but soon the phone rings, and she answers only to hear some guy say, Fuck you, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> and then a brick comes crashing through her window. <laughs> I don't
1: even think she says hello. She no. just picks it up, the phone, fuck you bitch! Like, oh. <laughs> God
0: damn it. <laughs> I did love that. Part. Yeah, that's pretty, that was pretty good. Like, yeah,
1: um, and, and again, okay, so someone's calling her mm-hmm. and seeing her answer the phone, so he could, they can smash the brick through the window. You know, because that's that's kind of like fuck you, bitch, smash. Yeah. No cool. Cell phones, yeah, and, and
0: that's a great point. And they gotta be out that long ass driveway, too. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> gotta be out there with like fucking binoculars, right? Or like a telescope somewhere, like just waiting. All right, and then like and a walkie talking to the other guy with the bricks. It's, All right, well, hold on, Cletus, wait, wait for her for her pick up. Fuck you, bitch, throw it, throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just see her, like, she looks run, out the window,
1: just run, run down that
0: long ass driveway. God
1: damn, that'd be so much better.
0: So, um she goes outside to look forever through the brick, but doesn't see anyone. However, we see Mervo hiding in the old barn, peeking out through the broken barn doors, watching her all creepy like. Yep. And it, it's a it's a pretty creepy looking shot. I will, I definitely will say that. Yeah, his makeup is um it's kinda it, kinda remind you of like old Cesar Ramone Joker. Uh, yes, very, very
1: close th- to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's like you can tell he's like sweating over it and it's slightly smeared. A little bit. You know, it but it's it's good look. It's yeah. it's like I don't I'm not a big fan of people doing the clown. I'm not a huge Yeah. I just don't I just don't care for it personally.
0: But I didn't mind it this one. You know, I thought it was actually pretty well done. Uh yeah, I, I agree. The make clown makeup was it was uh, I like the fact that it was creepy but without intentionally looking like, hey, let's try to make a creepy yes, clown. It just looked like you. a crown it so it, it was just it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> um understated. Yeah. Understated creepiness. Now I don't understand this next part, but for some dumbass reason, I I don't get it. Um Jill takes off running through the woods. Um as she runs through the woods, she starts seeing someone dressed up in camo running around as well. Why the fuck is she running through the woods? I don't know. That's why like the driveway's right there. You came from town like, go down the driveway and down the road. Like, I don't know why. I try to say I don't understand why she runs through the woods. Um, so seeing this other person running through the woods, this frightens her, and she runs faster. And the more she runs, the more we get shots of other this other person running through the bush and behind trees. And there's a zooming close up of a man's face wearing like a weird, like neoprene camouflage mask. I kinda like it. Yeah, I kinda like it too. Like, ooh, that's fucking disturbing looking too. Um then we see that there's actually several men running around in the woods. All of them are armed with guns. One of them stops, takes aim, fires, shoots Jill right in the fucking forehead. She grabs her head, sees the blood on her hand, and collapses to the ground. At this End po- of the movie. End of the movie, movie over, done. <laughs> uh, at this point, all four of the men rush out to check on Jill, and it turns out it was just a paintball. And... Chill out, it's just pain. Yeah, and the man helped Joe up, asked her why she was out in the woods in the first place, which is a great question. Time, I don't want to know why. Yeah, she well, that's not- a, that is a good question. But at the same time,
1: it's none of your fucking business, and why did you shoot me in the head? <laughs> I'm obviously not part of this game. Yeah, it's pretty obvious she's not part of it. <laughs> I mean, it. To, to like you got to line up a headshot. you got to take time. And it's like, oh, and that's a these? woman who's not playing. Bam! Bam! <laughs> Fuck, <it. laughs> Fuck you, bitch!
0: It's, it's too good a shot, i got to take yeah. it. I mean, it's clear. And plus, it's like, these are old, shitty paintball. Guys. This is like a, this is not one of those auto, like, with the, the C2 card ring just poof, 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 poof. It's a, you got to, like, pump, shoot, and then, like, pump and, like, manual. Really, like, it's, it would take time to do that. So, um, anyway, she, uh, the men help her up, ask her why she's out there. She tells them that she was trying to make her way to town. And that's why I said, I don't understand. Because why would you just go through the woods instead of just walking down The driveway and back to the road that led you to town in the first place. Unless it's a shortcut. Unless it's a cut. I don't know. know. Um, Anyway, we cut to Jill getting dropped off in town by the guy who shot her. And as she gets out of his truck, she says, he says, why don't I make up to you and take you out on a date? And Jill's like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm engaged. And she walks away. But this guy has a counter offer and shouts after her. What about some meaningless sex? And I like this guy's style. I, I, I did like <laughs> I that. Liked it. it. I made did me laugh. like that too. So Jill now heads over to the sheriff's office. Um, now the sheriff when she walks in looks kind of like he plays for like the Chicago White Sox back in the 80s. <laughs> He's wearing a baseball uniform that looks like I said if you've seen it, very much like the Chicago White Sox uniform from like 1986 or Who something like that. Who knew
1: Carlton Fisk doubled as a sheriff of yeah. a small town?
0: Who knew? So um she tells him about her parents being missing uh, and that her house has been vandalized. A brick was thrown through it, the window and the hanging dummy, you know, all that stuff. And the whole time she's telling him about all this, he's basically just like mocking her and seems so put off by her that he, and like, and put off by actually doing his job. He's like, oh, God, really? Come on. Like, do I have to do this? And he's, he's, which and he's upset because he doesn't want to miss his softball game to go out to her house to have to actually do his job. So that he reluctantly go, does get up and he goes with her. Uh, I'm on a
1: softball league you now. Of course, I missed because of COVID last year. It looks like we're gonna miss this year too. But it's pretty sweet, dude. <laughs> it's always beer. It's beer. It's it's you know when you get the first base, you gotta chug a beer. When you get the second, you gotta chug a beer. Hey, don't tell us. We know how to play softball. <laughs>
0: A lot of, it's a drinking good time um so now we cut to Merv in uh like the shire or something and he's entering like his hobbit house <laughs> under the, his home under the hill i this is a weird thing i don't know what what this building uh, structure is i thought is. it was like an aban-
1: like a mine shaft or the entrance yeah, to a mine or something it
0: looks like, like a long <laughs> he's going into the mines of mordor not that not that uh, <laughs> elaborate no, not dwarves but it, it looks like a hobbit house and it's uh, built into a hill. It is yeah, it's it's a built, door it's in a, a hill, door in a hill. Um, and he goes inside and we see, uh, there's uh, some woman tied up in a chair and Mervo asks him if she's hungry and wants to eat. That's the scene. And we go right back to Jill and the sheriff. So right off the bat, I'm like, okay, Mervo's a fucking creep. Yeah. Mervo's yeah. creepy. Keeps women locked up in his hobbit home and, uh, his hobbit hole. And okay. So, um, Jill and the sheriff, they get back to her house, but when they do, they find all signs of vandalism and damage is now gone. Like, nothing ever happened. How? How? Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, because the sheriff. Is, How long was she gone? How? Not that long. It could have been that long. No. No. Um, the is not happy seeing that there's nothing wrong and accuses Joe of playing tricks, of course. Uh, and she's like, no, I swear what I saw, blah, blah, blah. Um, the sheriff's like, hey, if this happens again, don't call me. I'll call you. And then he leaves to catch the rest of his softball game. He can so. Get it. Again, just doesn't give two shits about doing his job. No, he doesn't. Um, now we go to the local church where Merv is crying and singing a prayer or a hymn or something on his knees in front of the altar. Um, and then right back to Jill, unpacking in her room. Uh, she goes over to her dresser to put some clothes away. And when she opens the drawer, she screams in fear as the cat leaps out at her. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, how in the blue hell did a cat... Get trapped in a dresser drawer. And it's such a ridiculous horror movie trope. Yes. I mean, like, with, like we've seen it a hundred times. So many. But I, I kind of get maybe a closet. He gets tra- somebody put. He's in the closet. Somebody closes the door. Fine. That can happen but if the it, only but thing, is-
1: the <laughs> only thing I can think about is the people who came up and like strung up the dummy and fucked with them. And like, fuck this cat. I'm going to put it in a drawer. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: I, Other than that, why the hell would a cat be and in a drawer? How long was that poor cat trapped in there? Right? Cause her parents have been missing for, we don't know how long yet. And she was away at school. Like this poor cat. I don't, I don't get it. I could have been in there for days for all we know. Um, and that trope, like we see, like a lot of times they open the closet door and it jumps down off the top shelf. Yeah, always. That one obsessed me too because how do he get up on the top shelf?
1: Dude, my favorite is Friday 13th part five when he's, when that guy's like walking to the diner or and they just throw a cat. <laughs> yeah, just, cat just throw a cat. cat. <laughs> That's the chick. The chick's in the diner about to yeah. go meet her cokehead boyfriend in the parking lot <laughs> and they just throw a cat at her out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck did this kid just, ah, cat. <laughs> cat. <laughs>
0: God, poor cats in these movies. Uh, so at this point, Gary comes back and it and uh, attempts or admits that he was the one who cleaned up the house for her, which I call bullshit. On this is what we're going to talk about here, because there's no way that he would be able to fix all that damage in the manner of maybe an hour at most that he they were gone. Slapped on a fresh coat of paint. They painted the entire house. He took down the dummy. He repaired the window. Not Yeah, that's my big thing. He cleaned up the broken glass, took down the hanging dummy, replaced a broken window all the time it took for Jill to get to town, grab the sheriff, and drive back. Bullshit. I, does Gary just drive around with like a spare window in his trunk that just so happens to be the perfect size for the one that got broken in their window? It's probably a hand-built house with all kinds of fucked-up dimensions. Yeah, you know? this is not like a, a modular home where like, it, this replaceable like,
1: parts. Yeah. No, this is like a fucking you know house that was probably built in the early 1900s in a farm. You yeah. Know, a farmhouse.
0: This, this is one the things You have to have somebody come out, measure it. Like, alright, we got the measures. Alright, we'll go to the warehouse. Here we go. We have to make the window and bring it back out here. Make sure
1: it fits. Yeah. Make some adjustments.
0: Nope. He does this in like a matter of like an hour, maybe. That is one handy motherfucker. Yeah. This is like the most far-fetched thing I think we've ever seen in any of the movies we've ever done. Is this <laughs> bit of bullshit right here. <laughs> Oh, house of a thousand cats, but totally buyable. Totally buyable compared to this, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary tells her that he doesn't think anyone is actually trying to hurt her with all this. It's just that the town folks are just mad at her parents, uh, and that her parents probably just left town for a little bit to let things calm down. So then, just going to go get a breather. Gary asks her to come for a walk with him. So it's like, okay, we'll go for a walk, and off they go. They end up finding their old childhood treehouse. They decide to climb up it. They have a little nostalgia reminiscing here. Uh, We learn that Gary and Jill used to be a couple or dated for a while before she left for college. Uh, They also talk about how Gary's parents were killed. Uh, And this leads to a flashback of the opening of the movie where the body we saw being loaded into the back of the ambulance. We learn that that man who was uh, looking out through the window in the rain was Gary. And this time you see his face a little more clearly than you did in the opening. Uh, He says that the sheriff told him that his parents were hanging in the barn for days before they were found. And that because of this, Gary tore down the old family barn and the killer was never found, nor do they know who it was or have any leads. It's just, it is what it is. So
1: at this moment, we find out that Jill and Gary at one time were an item. And how long has she been at school?
0: We don't like, know. It, it just could be a freshman year. This could be senior year. We don't know. That's never established. But it hasn't been that long, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, within, let's say a b- maximum
1: four years. Still pretty, you know,
0: recent-ish. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah. I, I have no idea how long they've she's been in school. It's never established. Um, Gary says that Mervo uh, took this really hard. And that he has to watch Merv all the time now, uh, and then it just cuts to them running through a field of tall grass and wildflowers, <laughs> holding, holding hands, um, just playing, you know,
1: chasing the chase me, the flowers, yeah, or yeah. you know, tiptoeing, tip-toeing through, through the, the tulips, <laughs> if you will.
0: Um, and then they stop to have another conversation. Uh, during this one, Jill tells them about how she's not staying here very long, and uh, you know, I'm not staying here. I'm just here for a little while, and then moving on again. And about her new boyfriend, Scott. Uh, here, t- when she brings up Scott, Gary's like, okay, that's it. You know, he quickly changes the He's like, hey, I, I got to leave. I go take care of some chores or some crap like that. Oh, are you getting in the guts right now? Yeah. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. And yep. so he's like, I'll see you later. And he leaves. Can't blame him. <laughs> uh, Gary walks off. Uh, but uh, Jill's like, hey, wait up. And she, she runs after him. Uh, and they walk off arm in arm while we hear Mervo singing the Gary and Jill went up the hill song, and I will say it, it probably creepy in this point. Like it, it the way he's singing the fast, so it's, it's pretty creepy. I mean, let's just
1: face it. Tiny Tim's a creepy motherfucker on his own. Yeah, you it, know, he's a
0: disturbing guy. Um, so uh, we cut to Mervo then in his bedroom talking to himself about how he must go on acting, acting. Acting and like just being weird and talking to himself, so um, I don't know. And we go right back to Jill's house where she's on the phone with Sarah, uh, and I think they're, they're talking about how her parents are still missing. After the phone call, she goes and takes a shower. We get a really nice ass shot of her. Uh, and then it cuts like this glove, like down to the basement where we see a gloved hand of a mystery person turning like off the cold water, messing with the water switch down there. Uh, I guess, it, yeah, the cold water, because the shower immediately starts scolding, like, it's just steam, and Super it's, hot. Super hot. Forces Jill to jump out of the shower, which gives us a great full frontal nudity shot, including that wonderful 80s bush. <laughs> uh, but, goddamn, Jill's got a pretty banging body and great tits. I will give her that. She does,
1: yes. Great.
0: Night has fallen at this point, and we see Mervo creeping around the house, looking through the windows. And then he just Walks in through the back door Just walks right in (laughs) Sure Hey small town friendly I guess I I get that But man I just You would think You would just think I don't know I She comes home Her parents are missing Her house is completely Vandalized There's a hanging effigy Like a dead Straw man Hanging there And you still A a brick is through your window You get a call That says Fuck you bitch And then (laughs) But you still just leave your doors unlocked. Right? Come on. (laughs) Come on, man. Jesus. Anyway, after the small initial jump scare of, like, her's, like, oh, my God, oh, Merv. She's happy he's here and offers him tea. Um, Mervo tells her to relax and he'll make tea for both of them. And then Mervo here gets a little creepy saying something about how he's a tree with birds flying through him. And he starts this, like, creepy laugh. Uh, and then he starts, like, he, like, reaches out, put a hand on her, like, shoulder. And he starts, like, leaning in like he's going to kiss her. Uh, it's really awkward, really creepy. Jill stops him. Yeah. And, was, and then Merle was like, what about me? I can't be happy, too. And then he just walks out of the house. <laughs> I make other people happy all the time. What about me? Yeah. I want to make myself
1: happy. What can't about you- Raven? <laughs> but it's like, dude... Yeah, make yourself happy. Go jerk
0: off, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, you can make That's yourself happy time. at the despair of someone else. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know what's going on at that point with him. Uh, we cut back to the hobbit hole where we see that the woman that was tied up in the chair is now gone mm. and, and is just missing. Jill is lying in bed reading when she hears some strange sounds come from outside. She gets up, looks out her bedroom window. Um, which, I will say, from the camera, it kind of makes it look like it's on the second floor. Yeah. Um, outside, she sees some strangers sitting on an old... A stranger sitting on an old swing uh, that's slowly swinging back and forth. Creaking. In, in the darkness. And the sound here is the sound of the squeaky, rusty chains of the swing uh, moving around. Jill calls the sheriff, telling him to come over because the stranger there's a stranger on her swing. Again, the sheriff's like, ah, fuck, and now it's my poker night. I have to miss my poker game, too. Wah, wah. Um... So after she gets up the phone, the sheriff, her phone rings. Like, as soon as she hangs up, phone rings again. Fuck you, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That would be awesome. Uh, but this time it's her boyfriend, Scott. She tells him about all the weirdness going on. During the conversation, the squeaking does stop, which she does comment on. Um, it's like, oh, God, it's stopped. What's happening? What's changing? And then the front door begins to rattle and knock. Uh, but it's the sheriff who's like, who's like, hey, it's the sheriff. Am I? Open your door. Uh, Joe hangs up, goes downstairs, and, uh, keep in mind, like, the conversation she's having with Scott was, like, 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds long. How the fuck does the sheriff get out there that fast? She goes up, sheriff, come here, there's a stranger. Click, hang up. Bring, bring. Hello? Hi, Scott. Oh, there's some weirdo going on. Oh, I miss you so much. I love you, I, love dude, you. The, the- knock, knock, it's the sheriff. Open the door. What? How? Is there, like, a wormhole in the sound that, like- Travels through time, space, and time to allow him to teleport there. What? How does he get there so fast?
1: It's small town secrets. But, <laughs> but dude, it's. I also love the conversation Jill's having with Scott. Oh, your voice, Scott, makes me feel so much safer. Just, <laughs> just talk to me some more. <laughs> well, what's going on, Jill? Oh yeah, it's like what the <laughs> what's going on? I feel like we're getting like an eight hundred number on USA up all, all night. night.
0: Um, so anyway, <clears throat> yeah, the, the sheriff has Mervo with him and saying, here's your prowler. Jill is Mervo. Uh, and Mervo just says, Hey, I didn't want anyone to hurt you. I was just watching it out. So Jill has the sheriff take Mervo home and they can find whatever's taken home. And she goes back to bed. Later that night, times past Jill has fallen asleep. The power to the house gets cut off and we see a mystery person creeping through her bedroom window Which, like you said, should be impossible unless he's fucking Spider-Man because we clearly see that the bedroom is on the second floor.
1: Spider-Man's a fucking perv.
0: Apparently, man. Apparently, he got traumatized by Skip and just fucked him up royally now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) Shout uh, (laughs) out to Hickok's Spooky. (laughs) I was going to leave that one play and let them pick up one of their own, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) So um, the man goes up to Sleeping Jill chloroforms her knocking her out instantly Ugh, we talked about this before, and we've established the fact it's science like you do not chloroform someone and it's instant knockout it takes a while for them to pass out from chloroform but this is just like the instant death strangulation just folded cloth right over the mouth poof, instant knockout knockout just juice instantly yeah always it, it, if it actually existed how many rapes would oh occur my oh my geez. That shit christ would have to be like banned and right. like just gotten rid of it. like that you couldn't buy that anywhere that would be black market shit yeah it would be boom knocked out knock out because guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take off your clothes and take polaroids that's you. what he does he takes her he undoes her robe exposes them great titties again and starts taking polaroids of, of, of jill dude it was so
1: fast how he put the chloroform on her face and removed it yeah i sw- i looked away for a minute and I'm like, how the fuck is this bitch not waking up? Exactly. She is a deep sleeper. But yeah. then I, 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 I rewound because I didn't believe it. I'm like, what happened? Oh chloroform. Okay. Because it was just like on his on her face, like, boom, doom. Yeah. yeah. Now it's you're so not gonna, now I can have my way <laughs> with you. Uh,
0: so now we cut to the mystery man's layer, if you will. Where he's taping the pictures to the wall, which aren't Polaroids anymore, by the way. Now they're just regular pictures. And if they were Polaroids, he'd have to eat by the most precise motherfucker yes. in the world. And he would have had to take like an Xacto knife and he cut the picture out of like the white frame or, you know, that white part of the Polaroid. Yeah. Um. So, and then there's a big continuity error here as well, because when we see him taping the pictures of Joe to the wall, when he was taking the picture, uh, Jill was pretty much naked only wearing a thong titties all looking great but the pictures on the wall they he's hanging up she's now wearing a bra in the picture and, uh, I didn't understand yeah so that makes Jill sense uh, the next day Jill started awake by Scott kissing her in her sleep uh, and he's like all about getting up in that booty that's all he's He's like he's trying hard to get in that booty and she's just like not having it uh, but they, they she's playfully not having it I'll say that they end up making out, and they strip down in the living room. Where chase me, chase me. Chase me. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah grab ass. Um, so they're in the living room. They're getting naked. They're laying on the floor, making out. Those goddamn titties. They, they've got The titties themselves need to have a credit in the opening sequence, in the credits of this movie, because they are their own character and get way more screen time than a lot of other characters in this movie do. That's how much of these titties are in this movie. About the same
1: amount of dialogue, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Outside, we see Gary show up, checking out Scott's car, and he goes it's up. It's a th- sweet ride, sweet dude. Ride, dude. Uh, he goes up to the house, looks through the living room window, and spies on Joe and Scott while they're getting it on, and he is not happy about this. Um, and he looks like he's got to cry. Actually, he's all upset. Uh, but before he can, it's the
1: only way he can come is to cry. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but before Jill and Scott can fully go to Poundtown, the phone rings, breaking up the moment and Gary turns away and leaves before he can be spotted. Jill answers the phone. It's her friend, Sarah. And, uh, she's, uh, while she's on the phone, Scott goes to get a beer from the fridge, but finds none. Um, I also despite Kevin kind, of want to kind of just makes nothing to do but I just want to comment on the cool TP like fireplace in the corner of this living room. It's really cool, very stylish. I liked it. Oh yeah, really it's like, it. 70s, like very style. 70s style. Yeah. I like I think yeah. like, that fireplace it's it like this might... old like word, wood wood
1: wood burning fireplace. My neighbor uh when I was a kid, it, they had like felt like these guys were rich even though they were in a one-story house right across the street from us but they just i guess kept everything clean we were dirty but <laughs> they had a room just for the two boys where they played video games it was like a playroom mm-hmm. but they had a like avocado green TP style uh wood burning fireplace fireplace it was awesome and <laughs> i remember always playing with it because it was it was rounded yeah and it had this like chainmail curtain that you would pull back and forth yeah, few, yeah i know what you're talking about oh man it was so cool i always yeah this that
0: fireplace thing. is so, like i'd love to have a, that'd be so cool that'd yeah. be, it's a really neat little thing um but anyway side note it's just cool fireplace um so anyway scott says hey i'm gonna go jog into town get me some beer um while he's there he's like i'll talk to the sheriff all this crap straight not that yeah, sheriff i'll talk to that sheriff for you uh and I will say the acting in this scene is pretty solid. Jill does a really fine job for a girl who is a one and done actress. Um, and when it get, you know, when it came to her acting, career just one done. But she does, she's a she does solid job in this. She's well, not, she, she's she not does, terrible. she does
1: have Nate Fisher to play off, of, yeah, or John Krause, I guess. But Nate,
0: yeah. no, he was Nate Fisher.
1: In in deep in six it, feet under. Yes, yeah, his yeah, name's yeah, Peter yeah. Krause. Peter.
0: Um, but yeah, and Peter does a fine job too. Obviously. Um, so, uh, where was I? Uh, oh, so, okay. So Scott leaves. Jill turns on some music on the radio. As Scott's backing out of the driveway, he spots a man with a stocking over his head, looking like he's about to rob a bank or something, running through the field nearby. And I would be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not Scott. Nope. He gets out of the car and chases after the man. Hey, you come back here. Who are you? Which leads him to the old barn. Scott heads into the barn. And instantly gets hit in the face by a fucking baseball bat, knocking I him out
1: cold. love that part.
0: Just wham, baseball bat to the face. Um, The killer drags Scott's body into the barn while Jill is in the living room practicing ballet, I guess? Like, 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 like naked ballet almost? And, and this, this, this is a little this too, one's not naked, but. this
1: one's pretty gratuitous too. Like her ballet, she's doing like, you know. Uh, I don't know, spreading your legs real wide, and the camera is like up in her fucking panties. Basically, I don't remember that oh, shot. It was it was gratuitous. Well, she's
0: like at this point, she's wearing
1: Scott's button-up, yeah, white shirt, but she's doing these, you know, I don't know, plies or whatever Yeah, she's doing an arabesque. Thank you. And some uh, stretches. I, yeah. I'm not up to date on my ballet, but it's it's. it's the camera angle is ridiculous. It's just like <laughs> panty shot. You know, it's just like in your face. Yeah, i <laughs> like, 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 come I on, guys, like, have a little like, more class time Like, that. Oh,
0: ballet? Not what I would have guessed for Jill, but she all had to right. Quit.
1: She had to quit ballet, actually, because her titties got too big. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: Um, <laughs> it's so, like the
1: best reason to quit ballet. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> um, next, we see Gary running up to the house and knocking on the door. Uh, Jill turns off the music, answers the door. Gary tells her that he saw a car in the driver that he didn't recognize, so he thought he should come over and check on her. She tells, oh, that's just Scott, who showed up unexpectedly this morning. They sit down for some coffee. Jill tells them the story of how she and Scott met and started dating. It's not really important. Uh, She mentions something about how if maybe her dad never caught them, maybe it could be her and Gary instead of her and Scott. So earlier, when they were in the treehouse, they did mention something about, hey, you remember that time when your parents caught us, I guess, having sex or fooling around or about to do something? And I guess that was the last... That ended their relationship or something. Like, dad, I guess Daddy forbid it, and then she went off to college. Why is this bitch dicking him? Why is, she she, is kind of honeydicking. Why is she, him? like,
1: fish-hooking him here?
0: She, she's got—she's she, keeping him in the pocket. I will say that. Oh, yeah, she, She's big the backup time. guy. Yeah, but, like— he, Gary's, like, you kind of feel bad. Like, it's not 100% Gary's fault here, because she, she's a little bit leading him off. Yeah, like, she's, showing, she's cracking the
1: window to get out of the friend zone, but she's like, nah. Yeah. Just, yeah she she opens
0: it. the window, but yeah. she puts the screen down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You the can, windows open, but the screams in the way. You can smell what's in the kitchen, but you can't get in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, where was I? Uh, so, so she now she hears a sound coming from outside, and she thinks it's Scott or Sarah, uh, coming over. And she looks out the kitchen window right as Merv pops his head up into view, scaring her in his full clown makeup. Uh, which, that would be kind of terrifying. You look out the window and sudden, the yeah. there's a clown face right yeah. in, like right there. Um, Jill tells Gary. To tell Mervo to stop spying on her. And the next time she will have the sheriff lock him up. Gary rushes outside. Grabs Mervo. And like, yanks him into the house. Like get in here you you dummy or whatever. And makes him apologize to Jill. Mervo goes on some kind of crazy rant at this point. I don't even remember what he was talking about. it's just a rant. And says that he doesn't hate Jill's parents. He doesn't hate Jill for what her parents did to his parents. And for slaughtering all of his friends. Like what? What? Um, and then Gary says that Mervo talking about the farm animals that were killed after the family lost their farm, which seems odd to me that they wouldn't just auction them off to another farmer. Cause that's just, that's like the bread and butter, the livelihood of farmers. If you're alive, that's money. Would, yeah. That's money. Why would you just slaughter the animals I- instead of just, Here, auction them off to another farmer who wants them. Unless they slaughtered
1: them for meat consumption, which you would do anyway. Yeah, which was party, which would be your. So it's either you slaughter them for you know you butcher them for meat. Yeah. Or you're selling them to a butcher for profit. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it's not. It's not. It's not not communicated very well. No, it's not. And why would it's like the same thing? Like would he be so upset about if, if that was the case? animals being butchered because that's what that's that's the the way they make their money yeah um so can we talk really okay, quick sure about gary and mervo oh sure that's not they fun. are brothers yes i look nothing to like okay and I, mervo tiny tim he looks like nazi propaganda <laughs> Of like Jew. The Jew yeah. You know Like it's really <laughs> and, and Gary looks like a Nazi Yes
2: <laughs> I Yes
1: <have> <laughs> Blonde in shape Young fit And then you've got this Overweight like
0: Dumpy They're like They're like the Nazi equivalent of like, the odd couple Big <laughs> teeth Felix and big uh, what's nose his name? The Curly and hair I
1: mean, <laughs> it's so different
0: and the age difference is striking as well not yeah. only
1: like physically there's
0: a sitcom there somewhere that you and not <laughs> a new odd couple or perfect ah. <laughs> you said it not me i know i know but hey, it's, it, it, it's it's a long time ago. it's Let's go over it. so
1: stark yeah it's such a stark difference it makes
0: you wonder what their parents were doing. <laughs> yeah. Where were they? God, it was... We, we had a movie not that long ago. I remember it make, it was like same it was like, somebody had like a brother or a sister that was like 10 and they were like 30 or something like that. Like, what? How is that even possibly a brother of yours? Like, I don't get it. And yeah, because I mean... Gary's what
1: he's he's probably in his early 20s or he's supposed to be in his early
0: 20s oh it was uh, Sinai Deli Night cause uh, it oh, was yeah. the girl's boyfriend's younger who was the, the newspaper photographer who was like clearly in his 30s or 40s and the younger brother who was like 10 <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was but he's gotta be in his early 20s that's kind of like the idea they're yeah, giving I mean, him. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, in his he's early 20s, 20s and fucking Tiny
1: Tim's like 58 yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean. yeah
0: uh that's like yeah that's a good point i, I brought that because I, I forgot to write about right about that down. um so i said, said earlier keep in mind this whole conversation with all the jill's still wearing just a thong and scott's white button-up shirt and those buttons are barely buttoned like again talking about leaving some of y'all like for like eight basically here's my tits almost like and here's my ass hanging out like here's that bottom ass hanging out from underneath the shirt like it's Kind of hot, and goddamn cocktail, and she's just bopping around in front of these people like this all the time. So anyway, now Jill and Sarah now have some girl talk, we cut to them up in Jill's bed, uh, bedroom. They're laying on the bed. Uh, Sarah sees what time is like. Oh my god, I gotta go for my shift at the restaurant. Uh, she leaves. Jill turns on more music. Sarah leaves, and it's now night again. Yeah. So. It was but it was daytime when Merv and Gary and Scott left, and all it was daytime. And that's when Sarah walks in. Sarah walks in as mm-hmm. Merv and Gary are leaving. Thank you. It's daytime, so Sarah's, they've been hanging out for hours, eight, eight hours, maybe ten hours at this point, because we don't know how. Because Jill was woken up in the morning by Scott, so she, she yes, woke up. Yes, so, so Scott, it's got to be so early. It's like, that was by like eight in the morning, maybe. This whole thing's gone like they've happened like in t- 10 minutes. So it's like eight, let's say nine o'clock in the morning. And now it's nighttime. So it's summer day, daylight saving, So it's probably nine o'clock at night, <laughs> at least and So it's been like 10 hours, 12 hours. But, uh, so she leaves, um, which also means that it's been like 10 to 12 hours since Scott left for beer and hasn't come back yet. And nobody's commented on that.
1: Nah, just like eh. Scott being Scott <laughs> yeah, chatting it up with him. I'm sure he's giving the old sheriff. what's Yeah. I mean, a good Jesus, one.
0: come on. So Sarah goes, they get, uh, gets to her car, but finds that it's locked up. Uh, and then coming out of the woods behind her is the stocking covered killer. Um, which is that just fucking, <sighs> He's wearing like a gr- old green military kind of coat and there's black leather gloves, like OJ, and like oh, just nylons over his. Head. You know, he kind of looks like the killer from Final Exam. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. Very, it is the killer. It's right, that's a yeah. great point. Um, so anyway, he comes out from like behind a tree or the woods or something. Sarah screams, takes off Ryan, the killer gives chase. Now, instead of running right back into the fucking house, which is, like, 20 feet away, right, the front door is right there, this fucktard runs all the way to the barn, fucking trips on her way there, and at this point, I just threw my hands up in the air. What the, the fuck are you? I'm just done. Like, why? Why Why would you do that? That makes zero sense to me. You know those doors are unlocked. You, you, you know she has not locked. Yeah, it. she didn't lock it when she <laughs> came out. Like, why would you not run back into the safety of the house? It's right there, but no, let's let the creepy, like, let's run to the creepy rundown barn that's probably at least 100 to 200 feet away, and make sure you cannot hear me scream. Yeah, like, are you fucking kidding me? Sarah enters the barn, leans up against the post, like, catch her breath after a fucking sprint, which was really not that far, but anyway, um the stalking killer aims a fucking bow and arrow through the, the broken door lets loose his arrow which shoots into Sarah's hand pinning it to the post the killer walks up to her rips the arrow out of her hand then grabs her by the wrist rips her shirt open give me them titties give me them titties yeah give me those titties uh, drags her through the hay and then strings her up by her ankles and hangs her upside down next he rips off the rest of her shirt give me that booty and cuts her pants off of her. Like God damn, this guy is—he's—he's he's horned up. Yeah, and I wonder why. Which we'll come to. <laughs> um. So anyway, Sarah's got a really nice looking body too. She keeps it tight. Nice, nice uh, choice of uh, undergarments Imagine as well. Matching black lace. Yes, bra pants, nice. Yes. Um,
1: Victoria's Secret edition. Yeah, I see. Probably. Um.
0: Yeah, <laughs> farmers' edition. Yeah. Um, I couldn't think of a Victoria like uh, uh, Vicky's Secret. I, I don't know what's a farmer version of Victoria's Secret. I don't know. I, I, I got nothing. Bertha's Secret. I don't know. <laughs> Butter. Um, so the cure then slits Sarah's throat, and again, all we get is a small splout of blood. And if you look carefully in see, scene, you can see the blood pack hanging on Sarah's back. Oh, nice! When she's she's spinning around, it kind of spins to the camera, and you can see the blood pack. Or it's like thing mounted on her back. Um, Again, like this blood—you're splitting something with like a large knife, upside down, splitting that jugular. Blood should be pouring out. And again, basically, it's the equivalent like one of those like roadside diner. When you just go to diner, you have like a little ketchup squeeze bottle, like that plain red generic. You take that and squirt that—that's basically the amount of blood that comes out. It's—it's so pathetic and, and just blood
1: harvest yeah blood harvest let me harvest this blood there's not enough here to harvest it's we can't go to market (laughs) god damn it the crop
0: is ruined yes uh (laughs) so um jill hears a knocking on the door she goes down opens up to find gary who asked her if she's seen mervo uh because he took off and he disappeared even though he was just with him and took him home (laughs) Uh, Gary's worried about Mervel because he's never seen Mervel so upset, and is worried that he may do something. So now we cut to Mervo sitting at his kitchen table, and looking through the old family Bible and singing to himself. So I guess Gary didn't look very hard for Mervo because he's <laughs> sitting in the kitchen at the table. Um, <laughs> we cut back to Jill and Gary, uh, and now we get some really, really bad continuity issues. Like the it's atrocious. So Grandma, when Gary showed up. And when Sarah left house, it's nighttime. But now, even though it's only moments later after Gary showed up, it's daytime again. They're in the room, daylight coming oh, in through the Jesus window. Jesus Christ! Jill tries calling Sarah, but find out that she finds out she never showed up for work, and she's not at the home at her house either. Gary decides to go back looking for Merv, saying, "I guess I should go back home and look for him there." I'm like, "Wait, what? You look for your brother?" but you didn't look at your own house like <laughs> like of all the places to look for somebody the house should be like number one like hey I gotta find Aaron where am I going well let's check his house check first. his house that's yeah. what you do how do you not look for your own brother at your own house like this is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard um, Gary offers Joe like hey you know why don't you come stay with me you don't have to be on all this stuff we'll get you somewhere safe and you'll have company but she's like no Gary I, I gotta stay here in case my parents show up or Scott comes back but thank you um, Gary leaves Jill ends up curling up on the couch, crying. Time passes, and she falls asleep on said couch. Keep in mind, when Gary leaves, I should say, when we see him leave, it's night again. So we've gone from (laughs) night to day. Back to night. Back to night in a matter of, like, 30 seconds. (laughs) It's the
1: worst continuity ever. Now, is this the part that comes up where there's, like, no dialogue for 10 minutes? Uh... It's like 10 minutes of this movie and there's nothing is said.
0: Yeah. I think that's this part right here. Oh God. This was so painful. (laughs) Jill ends up curling up on the couch, crying. Time passes. She falls asleep on the couch. The camera pans over to show the stocking killer standing there watching her. The killer slowly walks up to Jill and again, chloroform her, knocking her out instantly. Boom. Knockout. Bam. Uh, the killer scoops her up, carries her out of the house and takes her into the old barn he lays her down right in front of scott who is hanging upside down and then starts rubbing his hands all over jill's body and like upper thighs getting all feely and creepy god damn that's aggressive man it's it's like yeah you see that girl yeah that's your girl i got it now (laughs) uh he grabs scott to make him watch like because scott's basically he's kind of spinning spinning he's like no you're gonna watch this motherfucker uh, but before he can do anything else, they get—he in, gets interrupted by the sounds of police sirens approaching for no fucking reason. Uh, he scoops Jill back up, quickly carries her back into the house, lays her back down on the couch. The sheriff pulls up, gets out of his car, goes to the front door, finds it locked. Holy shit, it's locked! Holy oh shit! Oh god! So just like everyone else in this movie, he starts peering through the windows. You know who fucking locked it? It was probably the killer. Probably. Like, this bitch ain't locking her doors. <laughs> Uh, he looks inside, sees Jill asleep on the couch, but what he doesn't see is the killer hiding just off to the side of the window, out of sight of um, eye view. Uh, the sheriff gets back in the car and drives away. Did we see titties? In what? There? No, no titties. No, there. It's kind of funny. The sheriff's like, "Yeah." But <laughs> what? This makes me question one. Why? Was why he is there? the sheriff coming? Why is he there? Nobody called him that time. The old, and why I, again? I'm is reaching. he coming with his sirens
1: blaring? I'm reaching here. Maybe someone said I haven't. You know, we haven't seen Sarah. The last place we heard she was at, you know, fucking. Jill's house Me? so you know and everyone likes her because she works at Ollie and Honeycomb's Ollie restaurant and Ollie and Goldie's mm. restaurant so you know you gotta have she's gotta be slinging those fucking you know hash, burgers man hash
0: brown tater tots right 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 coffees.
1: so this is this is serious business and, man and you, gotta hit, you
0: gotta hit you gotta hit those fucking sirens and get I, over yeah, to Jill's yeah, that's house the thing, like I, okay maybe Sheriff shows up like hey I'm sorry the way I just want to check on you but why the sirens cause like, you gotta get those fucking grits <laughs> slung bro <laughs> It's important. Uh, Morning shift is coming soon. I, I guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this, Jill's, uh, Jill's fine starts to come to. Meanwhile, out in the barn, the killer slits Scott's throat, killing him, and he starts catching his blood in a bucket. Um, so he's actually harvesting blood. Imagine that. Um, there's also a quick shot of Merv still sitting at the kitchen table, only now he's looking at a Polaroid picture of a Butchered pig Named Bula Um Jill wakes up Goes to the fridge When she opens it up The bucket full Of Scott's blood Falls out at her Spilling blood Over her feet Legs And on the floor How much How long was she Knocked out Cause Dude. the killer Had to drain Scott's body Of the blood Enough of it To fill this bucket take it into the f- kitchen without waking up Jill and then set the booby trap up. And, Cause you can see it hanging from like a fish wire after a while. So he ties it up, sets this up somehow and gets out before Jill wakes up. So he carries her. He carries her. Yeah. Like,
1: carry as in the movie. Carry. Oh, yeah, the blood. Ca- I thought.
0: yeah, I thought you meant like, yeah, he carried her back into the house. We saw that. Yeah, he, okay. he,
1: he, the, the blood dump, he care, yeah, quote unquote he ca- carries yes, her. Gotcha. Now. Yeah.
0: Um, so she screams falls to the floor she's freaking out and she's out. like
1: in shock yeah. appar- apparently apparently she's in shock now now apparently you know, people have been fucking with her it shouldn't come as a major shock you yeah. had your house vandalized you had a brick thrown through your window you had an effigy you know, the arrow through it. And now you got some blood dumped on you. It shouldn't be blood like that.
0: looks like water down paint. Right? It's the yeah.
1: reddest blood. And it's it, it, so it, red. this shouldn't come as a major. Don't get me wrong. It's disturbing. I'd yes. be kind of fucked up from it, but the way she reacts, she basically
0: becomes catatonic. Yes. Anyway, from out of nowhere, in runs Gary through the unlocked doors or whatever, but even though the one door was just locked. Um, he embraces her, tries to calm her down. He's like, it's okay. I'm here. It's okay. Uh, and now shit is about to get real proper pervy creepy. Real weird. Real weird. We're, we're tr- cranking up to 11 here on the creep scale. Gary scoops up Jill, who seems to be like, is in shock at this, carries her up to the bathroom, where the two of them get into the tub or the shower. With their clothes on. With their clothes on. Running but, the shower. Running the shower. She He gets her in the shower and then strips her naked. Uh, and... Starts wow. soaping up them he's titties. Wa- yeah, he, he starts kind of. Wa- I'm using air culture, Washing her, but spends more time groping her and filling up them titties than doing anything else. And Jill just sits there trembling and shaking in shock. and he's, while like, he's like molesting the fuck he's out like, of her. It's okay. Don't worry. I, I got you. Don't yeah, go- it's okay. You're now. safe now. Don't worry. honk. honk. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hawking <laughs> titties. That's what he's doing. I,
1: I, uh, 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 I haven't done that in so long. Oh, I know what I'm doing when I get home. Look out, Melissa. <laughs>
0: so, after the molestation showery he carries her back downstairs lays her back on the couch fully oh, naked God this is so weird more full frontal is with Bush here and I don't know why or how but Jill's still like asleep now like yeah, how does she fall asleep to that she's asleep now she's, she's asleep like totally asleep like she's been like an- like under anesthetic like that she's out uh when he lays her down and now the rapiness continues. Because now Gary starts kissing on her, moving his way down to him tits, and starts kissing and sucking on her nipples. <laughs> just proper, just full on like... Going at him. Yeah. is it, just... It's, oh, it's disturbing. He's sucking them titties like he's starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like he's a baby cow sucking the mom's udder. Like just... <laughs> That's there you go. That, I'm sorry, <laughs>
1: listeners. I have my eyes closed, and I just hear this martial, <laughs> utter sucking noise. And uh, if you, Unless you're into ASMR weird shit, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Gary finally stopped, grabs a blanket and covers Jill up. And he goes and sits yeah, in a He new- covers her
1: up. He's like, okay. I, 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 got, I got enough I got, I got enough titty milk, I guess. I, I got <laughs> my,
0: my whipped crow for Boy, the I'm day. Boy, I'm full. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't suck another
1: tit if I wanted to. Uh, and I'm going to cover her up. Yeah, but no!
0: He goes and sits <laughs> in a rocking chair, which is there anything creepier than a rocking chair at this point? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, there's a rocking chair. He just sits there in like the dim light, rocking, staring at Jill with this weird look on his face. But that's short-lived, because the rapiness is strong with this one. Gary unbuttons and takes off his shirt now, strips down butt-ass naked, goes over to Jill, pulls the blanket off her, and lays down on top of her, and starts kissing on her again. Like,
1: he's ready to go to fuck town.
0: I mean, literally, yeah. he's butt-ass naked laying on her, who's also butt-ass naked. Ready to go to pound town. Right. Not fuck
1: town, pound town.
0: He's kissing her. Jill, at this point, starts getting into it. She's like, oh. oh. But she thinks it's Scott. She's like, oh, Scott, oh. And when she finally opens her eyes and sees that it's Gary on top of her, she rightfully freaks the fuck out. And is like, Gary, you're crazy. Get off me. Get away from me. And Gary's like, no, no, no. I am trying to protect you. What? <laughs> I love it. That's because raping you. I No, no, I'm 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 just uh, I'm protecting you. Yeah, I, gotta, I need I need to lay my naked body on your naked body for protection.
1: I mean, I got a condom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're a, protected. A, just protected. <laughs> um,
0: so what? Um and that he's that he's gonna find the bastard that did this to her. It's you. You're the bastard. You're the one. Right, look right there. You're the one doing it. Um, and that he's always loved her. He's like, I'm protecting you. I'm gonna find the bastard who did this to you, and I always love you, Jill. Finally, Jill's able to like push him off of her, and she covers herself up and says, "I I, I understand that you love me." But I belong to someone else now. And she becomes like sympathetic. Yes, this is again, so like, again. What? She's, just, she's like, okay, I almost got raped completely. Yeah, you like, know? I understand.
1: Like, hey, you made me kiss me. I've I been get... sexually assaulted, yes. almost raped, but I'm still gonna keep you in my
0: back pocket. Yes, I'm like, still gonna is, keep you. At this close. point, there's something wrong with Jill yes, now too. Yes, yes. Because goddamn, like, you don't be. I understand, like, maybe, okay, Gary, I know you love me, and you try to kiss me. That's bad. But, hey, that's a, I, I, I'll forgive that one. He was fucking butt-ass naked on top of you. His long was basically sliding through your pubic hair like a snake <laughs> at that point, And he's humping you, sucking on your titties while you're passed out. And you're like, it's all right, Scott. Hey, I know you love me, but you know what? I belong to somebody else now. We'll just, you know... It's okay. We're cool. Like, just don't do this again. All right. We're cool, man. No, but she's like, next to Scott, and my folks, you're the one I care the most about. Again, she's totally keeping him in the back pocket. Like, what is happening? But she's like, please leave. I have to work this out. Again, like, you don't say that. is like, right. <laughs> giving him help, but maybe she's going to choose me over Scott. J- this is like, I'm, I'm not saying people get raped. It's not. I'm not saying it's the rape, the rapee's fault. It's the rapers. But this shit leading him on. This is Jill. Jill is leading this fucker on now. This is bad. I and I'm thinking like, work this out. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he raped. He's trying to rape you. What is there to work out? Like, no. You call the sheriff. You punch this guy in the face, and then you stab him in the dick with something sharp. Oh yeah. That's what you do to work that out. Jesus Christ. Gary gets up and he leaves the house. He leaves. He cut back to Mervo, who's uh, taking off his clown makeup while saying to himself something like i i've got to do it i've got to do it i've got to do it or something like that mm-hmm. i don't know Then we go right back to gary who is on his knees crying in a barn dude he he totally looks like the dawson's creek
1: meme of the crying jason james vanderbeek he looks so much like it it's like perfect it's like oh that's the inspiration oh my god
0: Ugh, i almost spit my beer all over my computer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we had our first spit take. That'd be Almost, great. But not on this <laughs> standard. <laughs> I know, like you've you got coming. a brand new computer right <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Um, so we go back to Jill, who has now gotten dressed, like fully dressed now. She's actually properly dressed. She comes downstairs and, again, gets startled by Mervo, who just pops up out of nowhere. Of course. Lock your fucking doors! Jesus Christ, you just had your... Ex-boyfriend best friend raped. Found raped and you still don't lock the doors! <laughs> what is wrong with you? Now you are asking for like is this like a weird sick fetish where she's like secretly I wanna get assaulted. I can't kind of turn it to me on so I'm gonna leave my doors open. what the fuck is happening? So uh where was I? Mur- Mervo says to her, Don't be afraid, I just want you to come with me. I want to show you something. Joe's like no, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she wants to know where Gary is. Like, why would you ask where Gary is again? Like, you like, you should be glad Gary's nowhere around. Why would you want to know where he is? But she's like, "Where's Gary?" And it's like tells Merv not to come any closer. Merv reaches out and grabs Joe by the arm, saying, "You don't understand. I have to do this. Come with me. You must see." That's creepy shit yeah. uh, for a clown to be. Tell- well, he's not in clown he's, makeup. Yeah. This so this is the first, still, like
1: one of the first times or. Where- we see in the very beginning with that makeup. Very, very beginning, yeah. But over the other time, he's been Merv the Magnificent. You yeah. know, the Marvelous or Marvelous or whatever. Yeah. And now he's just stripped of makeup. And this is where you can starkly see the
0: physical differences between Gary. Gary and, and, and Merv, and Merv. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, and then he just like gently ever so true, just kind of pulls her off screen with him and she's Jill, like, she's like okay yeah she gives zero resistance to this despite earlier saying don't touch me get away I'm not going with you she's like okay I guess yeah. we're like alright Merv takes her outside and then it gets cut to Jill entering some room like a whole other house some wooden paneled room like we don't know where the fuck they are they leave the house bam they're in another room um, and in the middle of this room is a table covered in photo albums uh, she looks through some, some of the pictures while Merv stands in the doorway behind her Jill finds a handwritten letter addressed to Gary. She reads the letter out loud, which was written by Gary's Gary and Merv's mother. In the letter, the mother... I'm kind of summing this up. I'm not reading it word for word. The mother writes about how after the family... After losing the family farm, her husband, their father, decided there was no more reason to live and has decided to take his own life. The mother then, who says you know what, I can't live without your father, so I'm going to join them and basically a double suicide. Like, what, are you fucking shitting me? Like, these are, how, that is some selfish fucking parents. We lost our farm and we have no reason to live. How about your two goddamn children should be your reason to live? Not like, sorry kids, mommy and daddy are gone. Bam, bam, just (laughs) fucking eggs. It's so bonkers. That's insane. Like, I love, like, but I do kind of love the
1: fact that father felt like, responsible enough to bring it up like you know uh Thelma <laughs> since we lost the farm I'm just feeling so down I'm gonna kill myself are you okay with that yes I, like I, it brings <laughs> it up and kind of, she's like well I'm not a huge fan but if you're gonna go I'm gonna go cause just, I don't wanna be without you god damn Thelma I love you you know yeah. like like <laughs> Wouldn't that almost be a more uh, reason it. to stay? Yeah, because like you like, don't you want you, the love, to you have the love of a woman so much who's willing to die for you because you feel like you can't go on anymore.
0: And either you not, either a you don't love her at all right. Because you don't care. Or b you should be like, no, I'm not gonna kill because I don't want you to die either. If you insist on doing that, I guess I'm not gonna do it because I want you to live. No, are like, fuck it. All right, let's do this shit. Horrible. Get the shotguns. Horrible people. Let's go Kurt Cobain style. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. So, uh, cut to a shot of Gary peering in through the windows of Jill's house again. uh, Not seeing her there, he walks, he leaves. Jill then finds, we go back to Jill, who finds all the Polaroids that Gary took of her. While she was knocked out and naked. I, I love she, like, gets this great nugget
1: of information and, you know, Merv seems like an ally. And she's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. This is interesting news. And then she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why would he
0: give her that? Like, yeah.
1: oh, yeah, by the way, look at your titties. Look at your titties here. <laughs> um,
0: so, Yeah. Uh, Merv then explains that their parents were not murdered at all, which obviously we learned. I know, it's just she wait, hold on.
1: What about these titties? (laughs)
0: What about this? No, no, no. Let's talk about my parents some more. Um, It's like like an excuse to see the Polaroids of titties. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Merv's like, my parents weren't murdered, and that Gary was very clever and he had to protect us. Gary removed the barrel that the father stood on and made it look like murder that way people would feel sorry for them and if but that if merv ever told anyone he would be placed in a home so is it for like, i wish they'd
1: say something different other than they feel sorry like people would still feel fucking sorry for you but if they said something like we wouldn't collect on their health or life insurance if it was suicide but if it was a murder we would you yeah know? that makes sense yeah that really makes sense thing. now i know merv is a more of a simple minded person so maybe he doesn't quite understand the nuances of Health insurance or pardon me— life insurance and what have you. Yeah. So, but I just wish they'd help us make that leap a little bit than just you know. Oh, they don't want to feel sorry for us. Of course, you're gonna feel f- sorry for you if your family decides to go crazy and kill themselves. Yeah. I'd
0: still feel sorry for you. Yeah, I mean, people would probably still feel sorry for him. I, I, you're probably right on that. Um, but you know, basically, yeah, they're saying Gary covered up the suicide, make it look like a murder, um, and kept. Merv from saying anybody by saying, if you, you know, stop him from saying anything by saying, if you do someone, either me or somebody else is going to put you in a home because you're crazy. You're weird. Um, Merv and Jill get interrupted when they hear Gary shouting from somewhere else. Mervin, are you in there? Uh, and Merv starts to freak out a little bit. This I one, l- love this part.
1: Because Jill is completely silent. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh! oh sh- <laughs> yeah. sh-
0: sh-. And then he covers her mouth. Yeah. Uh, he grabs Jill <laughs> and covers her mouth, even though he's the one making all the noise to keep her quiet. Like, even though she was completely quiet. And of course, she go. freaks out. She's like, ah! and, and this is what makes her freak out. Because she was, you could, if he would not have touched her, he would have been fine. But by grabbing her and covering her mouth, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> And And uh, so, yeah. Um, She's yeah, and at this point Gary enters the room. Merv throws Jill under the bus, saying, "I swear, Gary, I didn't say anything. Honest, honest engine. There's an old racist term you haven't <laughs> heard in forever. Honest engine. <laughs> honest engine. Honest engine. He didn't say anything. Uh, Merv blames yeah, he Came in here snooping around. Yeah, he blames Jill for snooping around. Those those dang kids are snooping around. Uh, Gary's like, it's okay, Merv. No one's gonna hurt you. Let's just let go of Jill. Jill starts to struggle. Gary attacks Merv, who releases Jill to defend himself. Gary and Merv struggle. Uh, during this, Merv reaches out for, for and is able to get his hands on a pair of scissors and to try to defend himself. But Gary grabs Merv's wrist uh, and keeps him from using the scissors. Meanwhile, Jill finds a small revolver on a table. And grabs. she grabs it and, shoot, and, and she shouts out, Stop, Mervin! You have to stop! Gary... I don't know, just falls to the floor. Like, he, I don't know if he was supposed to get pushed over or what, but he just falls. He's on the
1: floor now. He's
0: just on the floor. Uh, Jill shoots Merv in the stomach, and Merv has a really awkward slow-motion death. Like, it's so weird-looking, the way he, his body moves in yeah, in it's, slow motion. Yeah, I
1: actually kind of love it. Like, he gets shot in the stomach, and you see the bullet that... The effect is pretty good. It's Solid, yeah. It's, it's
0: like solid. they had
1: the uh, the squib in the front go first before the squib in the back. Yeah. And it was in slow motion, so it should have been like pop pop. Yeah. You know, like pop pop front back, but it was done in slow motion, so it almost looked like a fucking bullet. Is you know, I obviously you can't see it because it's a bullet, but it's cool. It's not bad. No, it's not. It's, it's not actually, bad. I agree. With you. It is not bad at all. And it's 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 off center, like on the it's, right it's side, the side, side of the stomach. Yeah.
0: yeah. Left side. Whatever. It's left side, but yeah, it's off center of stomach side of stomach. Uh, Jill is freaked out by killing Merv Rightfully so, I guess Uh, Gary stands up saying, it's alright, it's alright It's all so perfect Here we are, you and me, just like it's supposed to be Just like old times, the two of us alone Needing each other I love you and you love me Uh, Gary goes over to Jill and places His hands on the side of her face Jill's like What are you talking about? And Gary starts saying that you still don't get it. There is no Scott. There are no parents anymore. Just you and me and no one else. We'll get married. We'll have kids and a dog. (laughs) And Joe's like, ah, okay. All right. But we have to do this real soon. I'm going to go home and pack up and I'll meet you in town. Yes. And we can go elope. And and my parents don't have to know about it. Uh, But saying the word parents, like snaps herself out of her trick. And she snaps. She's like, um, like, Starts yelling, "Like, what have you done to them? my parents? What have you done?" So she fucks up her own ploy. Yeah, she here. was
1: honey-dicking him into like the drop for him to drop his guard, so she can either escape or attack or, or something. Get away but or then something she yet. gets distracted by, by her herself. Own... Her, yeah, oh,
0: she distracts herself, like, bitch. <laughs> you um, know your parents are dead. Yeah. Um So at this point, Jill then runs out of the room and runs out of this house. Um, which looks very similar to her own house, by the way. I don't think they got a separate house
1: to film this one. Well, they live pretty close together. Maybe it's the same um, architect. She
0: runs off into the woods, back to her house. She grabs the phone, tries to call for help, but finds the phone is dead now. She has not figure that out for like five minutes, though. She's fucking fumbling with it that phone forever. Yeah. Um, she turns around, and, and we, as she's on the phone, we see like the shadow of the killer... In the stocking, like on the wall behind her. She turns around, sees the stocking killer standing behind her with a large kitchen knife. She runs out of the room, the killer goes after her. And here's another continuity error because the way this room is set up and the camera angles, the killer, okay, the camera is like looking into the room. She's on the floor, fireplace is behind her, wall, whatever. The killer is coming down the hallway towards her when she turns around and looks at him. But when she runs out of the room, she would have had to run right past him. And then when we see the killer start to go after, her, he's behind her from where the fireplace was. Like, there's no way this layout makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I remember
0: seeing that. Like, whoop, 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 whatever. So, yeah, it's just, it's just weird shit. I, I don't know. Uh, anyways, so Jill runs out of the room. Uh, killer goes after. Her. She flees the house, runs to the barn trips. The barn's dark this night again. Barn barn falls right in front of all the dead bodies that are hanging upside down, but she can't see them because it's too dark, even though they're plain as day. You can clearly see them. Uh, The killer enters, lights an old old kerosene lantern, lantern, illuminating the barn, which now shows Jill Ah! that she is face-to-face with Sarah's dead body. Jill screams as she looks around, sees all the dead bodies. Sarah, Scott, both of her parents also hanging there upside down with their throats slipped. The stocking killer removes his stocking to reveal the biggest non-surprise in all horror movie history—that it's Gary. Whoa! Whoa!
1: Didn't see that one fucking coming. So as she leaves him after they shoot down Merv and she runs off, he has to go put on his stocking and his fucking coat, mm-hmm. and then be like right on her heels. Again, yeah, it's like it's 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 a shitty example of teleportation. It's yeah. the fucking teleporting. It's again. just like
0: she's like, how is he doing this this fast? Like he doesn't run after it every. He had to clearly go put on his. Green jacket, leather gloves, put it on the stock And then go after it just so he could take them off Again in the barn It's me me. (laughs) And now I understand why he was so pissed off Like ripped Sarah's clothes off Because he he just watched This was right after he was watching Sarah Or Jill and Scott get it on And all the perviness going on I think And he's just like fuck that I'm I'm getting (laughs) some titties Gotta take out that sexual frustration I guess But uh So Gary's like uh, he says, You know, I'm sorry. I'm not, I have not enjoyed doing this. Bullshit. Gary snaps Sarah out of her hysterical shock that of seeing everybody dead and says he has to finish what he started. At this point, he goes into his vi- villain monologue. And I will say, the acting here really isn't that bad for Gary. Like, it's been bad through most of the movie, but this part isn't terrible. Yeah. He's got, he's, there's some things here that I kind of like the way he was, the reflection in his tone of voice. Like, I get it. It wasn't bad. Gary starts to tie up Jill, but she tries to like honey-dick him again, trick him again, saying dreams really do come true. We we really can't run away together. The police will find the bodies and think that Merv did it. And this is like her best acting. Yeah,
1: she's convincing, and she's convincing him that like you know what? When I was honey-dicking you before, uh,
0: I I'm, I'm, I'm serious now. I'm serious this time. And they'll think Merv did it, and, and, and then Merv killed k- killed us too because we won't be here. They'll never find our bodies, but they'll think Merv killed us. And this seems to work on Gary. Gary's buying into it. He's bought in hundred percent. And she goes on to say that all they have to do is place the gun in Merv's hand and the cops will think that he killed himself after they he killed us. And I'm like, you know what? That's all fine and good. Great little Merv suicide plot there. But who the fuck kills themselves by shooting themselves in the stomach? Off center on the stomach. Well, on the st- <laughs> like, no, never in the history of suicide. Everybody said, you know what? I'm going to kill myself by shooting myself in the stomach. I'm going to shoot myself. Which in, is like, in, you everybody know. knows like an incredibly painful way to die. A stomach wound, shot, static. Nobody would kill themselves that way. Ever. But, uh, so she keeps piling it on though. Saying that, you know, being with him is what she really wants. And. Uh, that's all I ever wanted. She starts to run her fingers through his hair, and she tells him like, "I really do love you." And again, the acting is pretty solid here. It's so much better than I was expecting. Jill, Jill's done doing a really good job here. <laughs> she stunk um,
1: so many other parts of this movie, but here she's bringing I didn't think it home. She was
0: that terrible throughout. I didn't think she was terrible. Certainly seemed way worse, but and she could have been better. But I don't think she was terrible. um Jill goes in for a kiss, but then like. But right before she kissed him, she like turns and tries to dash Biddy away. Bow, tries to get away. Like God, God damn, damn it, did you pick the worst timing? Like you Shame on you, Jill.
1: Yes. Shame on you. You did so well yeah. setting it up and then you just you, shit the bed. You
0: shit the bet, yeah. Um yeah, the the million dollar setup for the you know the penny payout, basically is <laughs> what it is. Um Gary easily just tackles her into the hay and drags her by her ankle over to where he has he set up his knife. Uh, while being dragged, Jill is able to get her hands on some kind of pointy, large metal. Tool. I thought it was. I
1: thought it was a pitchfork. It's it not looked, a pitchfork. It, I know. It looked like a pitchfork from when it was sticking in the hay. When she pulls it out, and then she it's
0: stabs like, Gary in the arm. Yeah, it's like this weird, like, but three it's like, foot long metal rod, spike. like squared rod with like a a small weird hook spike on the end. Like, it's not like a one of those like uh, hooks that you use for uh, hauling hail hay, hay bale things. Not those, and I don't know what this thing is, but it's weird. And she stabs him in the arm. But she like stabs saying. Gary in the arm and pins yeah. him down, and it looks okay. It looks
1: okay until As you far, kind of until, real, until yeah. you <laughs> see,
0: until you see the wide shot. The close up shot's fine, but when we see the Jill surprised that Gary easily, pretty much, really easily pulls it out of his arm. That's the shot. Like okay, you can clearly see that Gary's just like his real arm's underneath the head. Here's the fake arm. He's trying to line his shoulder up with it yeah, and not it move too much. It's, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, Jill gets up, runs out of the barn Gary struggles to his feet Which is a little weird because He's, he's struggling way more than he should For an arm much. injury Like, you can get to your feet, dude <laughs> Don't be such a bitch Come Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, he grabs his knife and he goes after her So uh, This brings us to the cat and mouse chase and
1: Chase me, chase me in the through woods Through the
0: woods yeah. uh, In which somehow, Gary always manages To get ahead of Jill and leap out from behind the trees and bushes, even though she's running and he's off for, like, a casually night stroll. Yeah, and, and, and like, he'll, like, h- cut her off in the past and,
1: like, ha-ha. And, ah. just, and then she runs off the it's other so way. But she'll scream for, like, a good three five second. or six yeah, seconds. Second, and yeah. then, you know, he just going, And then she, <laughs> they just go back to chasing. Like, there's no urgency on either of their parts. No. At
0: all. It's just kind of like. Oh, this is ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> just kind of, you just throw your hands up in the air and be like, fuck it. Now, Jill ends up in some old stone building, which I'm maybe was used like a, as a granary or maybe something where they kept livestock, but it's a really short roof. I don't know what yeah, this really thing weird. is. Um, She backs herself into, like, this circular stone... Pen. ...room. And it looked, yeah, kind of like a yeah. pen or something. It's, it's covered like in hay. hay. Yeah. Uh, she trips and falls. Blood starts to trip down her face. She looks up and sees a dead pig carcass dripping blood down on her. Is that Beulah? Yeah, I'm guessing it's Beulah. Oh, maybe... No, no, because Beulah should have been dead a long time ago. Well, it did look like a pretty gnarly corpse. Yeah. no no, But it's but fucking disgusting. It and is. pretty disturbing. I had a hard time watching. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not... I'm looking yeah. I'm, away. I'm, I'm not, I'm not away. a
1: fan of seeing, you know, like... Yeah I mutilated agree. Mutilated animals. You know, no, I, I, I don't even. But speaking of Beulah, okay. Do you remember Beulah McGillicuddy? Yeah. From ECW, ECW. of course. God damn. And <laughs> remember when the Tommy Dreamer used to pile, like, with pile driver, and like she'd always wear that thong, and
0: oh yeah, it, it, right it was there. like the strip club. Like she did it was like that strip thing. Where I'm gonna do cartwheel. And I'm gonna put my crotch right in your face. It was so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Smell my vagina.
1: Yeah, I kind of loved it. <laughs> but yeah, whenever you hear the name Beulah. I immediately just go to seeing Tommy Dreamer, her butt in the air, and going, ah, rah, 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 and then just pile driving her. So every time I hear that name, which is rare, yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's yeah. a rare name to hear, I just instantly go back there. So when you said that earlier about Beulah, I was like,
2: UCW, uh, <laughs> Um,
0: anyway, having trapped Jill in this like this silo pen because like it's where like the get into this thing, you, you have to like crawl or like, climb through like these two metal bars that are like embedded in the stonework. It's a really weird fucking room that I think was meant it was for like a hay storage. I think it was like a silo that and those bars kept the hay from pouring out. There's no way. It certainly wasn't for animals because you couldn't get the animals in and out that way. Um. Anyway, he's got her trapped in there and, and it could be an abattoir. I don't know. I doubt it. Um, and he so he starts monologuing again. He, uh, another I monologue. Know,
1: I know. This is like the third time.
0: It's, yeah, at least the second for sure. Um, finally he enters the chamber to go after her. they start, They circle around the room a bit they circle around each other Jill makes a dash for the opening exit but again gets tackled by Gary I thought for sure she was going to try and honey dick him again <laughs> uh, they, third time's a charm third right? third time yeah they fight. At one point, she actually gets the upper hand. She's on. She, she, he, she's mounted Gary. She's on top oh, of him. Oh. She has Gary's oh. knife in her hand up above her. She's about to strike, but she hesitates. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, God, give me the strength. God, give, give me, me the, the strength, strength to kill Gary. Kill Gary. <laughs> uh, but Gary's like, fuck that shit. Fuck you, bitch. And knocks her off of him. Then he, he mounts her and then knocks her unconscious with, like, a modified, like, hammer strike to the side like of the head back
1: fist thing yeah it was, it, it But it's so like
0: crazy he uses the side of his yeah, hand not yeah. like the back of his hand or like, his like imagine
1: like a, pounding on the table with your hand like, oh,
0: yeah like yeah. that i mean you use that part hey, but, <laughs> but he's not coming straight down on her he's also All coming the at his side it's a really weird strike <laughs> anyway we go back to jill's barn now gary walks in with leading jill like a old cow who's tied up behind her, just walks carrie's you know, leads her into the barn. He is committed to this barn. barn. Yeah, he can't, can't just kill her there. It has to be this barn. Uh, he ties her up to some post and says that, says to her that somehow he will have to face life without her. It won't be easy, but he has no choice. He grabs his knife, says goodbye, says goodbye, Jill, and he's about to kill her when BANG! Gunshot! Boom! Slow motion! Gary gets shot in the shoulder. Falls over, dead. Bullshit. Jill looks over. There's Merv holding a rifle. He drops the rifle, unties Jill. And this one, I'm like, hold on a fucking sec. Like, Who the fuck dies from a gunshot wound to the shoulder? I, that's like the one place, if I had, if somebody's going to shoot me, like, hey, where do you want to get shot? I'm like, shoot me in the shoulder. Maybe the foot. But that's the one place, like, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me in the shoulder. That's where I'd want to be shot. Because uh, you're not dying from that shit. But like, Gary, fucking dead. Uh, it's angry I, so much I would, I, angry. Would, I would
1: pick the fleshy part of the thigh
0: Maybe the ass
1: But I don't know I sit on my ass a lot So maybe I don't know You ever watch The Sopranos? That's the name no. of the episode the fleshy part of the thigh Oh I've never Because uh, there's a rapper Who wants street cred And one of the gangsters Is like Hey I'm a great marksman How about I just You know You pay me 10,000 I'll just shoot you randomly <laughs> The fleshy part of the thigh He accidentally Ends up shooting him in the ass so. <laughs> Um, his street cred is ruined. Well
0: at least they can go plax and go burst so on him and shoot himself in the dick. So <laughs> <laughs> fucking moron. Yeah. Um Merv helps Jill up and out of the barn. When they leave, we see that it's fucking daytime again. What? How's it day again? Like, again, the continuity here is blows my mind. Uh even like it was just when they were in the stone building,
1: yeah. Running was, through the
0: woods, it was night, and now it's day again. Like, it, <laughs> like, what? Just minutes ago, it was pitch black. Anyway, play the peaceful, serene music as the camera pans over to Gary's dead body where you can clearly see the actor doing a really shitty job trying to hold his breath. Just breathing like
1: (laughs) nothing's going on.
0: I guess it's fine because the camera zooms in on his face. Gary's eyes shoot open, freeze frame, and then we hear in voiceover uh, Gary say, Jill, and blackout. Roll credits, which are accompanied by Tiny Tim singing the Marvelous Mervo song. Um, and I'm on thinking, thank God he didn't actually die from that shoulder room, because I was going to be I was yeah. really pissed yeah. at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can see being knocked unconscious or, you know, like, play, even playing dead. Playing, you know, yeah. You
0: know. um, so that's uh, that's Blood Harvest. Uh, let's move on to Favorite Kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite Kill. All right, so uh, kills suck. I mean, they're all the same. Every kills, kill is the same in this one.
1: Kills really suck in this. It's it's which which float, throat slash hanging upside down do you want? Yeah. Um. I, I mean I I was gonna pick Tiny Tim because I like the effect of slow motion, but he didn't die. He yeah. just got shot. So unfortunately, I can't go with yeah, that. Yeah, no, one. I agree. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna have to go with Scott. Right. Uh, because, you know, it, it was the lead up. I mean, he fucking brought Jill back to her to show him. Like, you see this? Yeah, I got your girl, motherfucker. That's some psychological warfare kind of bullshit. And he's like, yeah, now you're dead. Like, that's pretty fucked up. And he's the only one's blood who is actually harvested. Yep,
0: that's so, true. So, I'm going to go with Scott. Um, that's a good point. He's the only one whose blood was actually collected in a bucket. The only harvest there. I <laughs> am... Um, Part of me I thought at first it was the very first throw site at the very beginning because it was like, okay, it's setting the tone. All right, okay, cool. We're going to set the tone. But then they were all just like, oh, well, fuck me. Um, I'm going to go with Sarah just because we got to see... Titties. Titties. They were covering a brawl but it was a n- nice body. It's like a sheer brawl. Sheer brawl. Yeah. I mean, yeah so other than that, like they, all, yeah, they all sucked. They're yeah. all the same. So it, this is just a shit week for that. Uh, So, all right. That's it. Let's move on to Odds and Ends. Just when you
2: thought it was over, here comes the odds and
0: ends. All right, ratings. IMDb gives it a 4.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, there is no official thermometer score, but it has a 32% audience score. Uh, and Amazon gives it a 3 out of 5. Nice. So pretty standard for yeah, us across yeah. the board with this one. Uh, Plocky Keywords, there are 58. Um, I wrote down a few. Um, sleazy was the number one. Nice. Clown. Bare breast breast kissing, and breast squeezing were all plucky words. No breast honking? No. <laughs> Pubic <laughs> hair. Nipples. Uh Again, we get psychotronic. Psychotronic. <laughs> <newspapers> <laughs> <Krax> <pharmaceutical. splain> <CO guarante> and finally, girl in brown panties. Yeah. Finally, we got the panties back. There we go, panty lovers. I knew you are out there somewhere. I feel like it's been like a year.
1: I mean, it's been forever. It's been a long time. And if anybody's a newer listener. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> We've had a, a long history of panties being a plot keyword in yeah. a lot of these horrible horror movies. Years so, ago, I like guess. It, it used went, to be like every movie, we, yeah, Panties, panty.
0: panties. panties. Were, it was always like, place.
1: Jesus Christ, what's going on with these panty lovers? But yeah. we've we've gone through a panty drought. We did. We went through a panty drought. A panty pandemic. <laughs> a panty list <laughs> pandemic.
0: Yes. Uh, but there's hope at the end of the there's tunnel. There's hope. The panties are coming back. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's that. The rest were pretty, weren't really, were, they weren't uh, anything special. Uh, trivia. Uh, so, the only thing I could really find is the Tiny Tim was making a personal appearance at a beer carnival in Lincoln County, Wisconsin in 1985. And the local filmmaker, Bill Rabain, who directed this, was in the audience. He had an idea for a horror film and decided to see if Tiny Tim was interested in appearing in it. He was, and this is the result of that meeting. Um, so there. Is there anything beer can't do? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Tim wore his own clown suit, so his Marvis Marvel—that was his own suit. Does not surprise me one bit that nope. he would own that. <laughs> um. Also, does not surprise me. The script was written in three weeks. No. Uh, does not surprise me either. You think? If anything, that seems long. <laughs> <laughs> and supposedly, I own, I'm, i I kind of buy this. Kind of. Suppose this movie was shot in one day and one night, which, with the Coyote, is like I kind of might buy into that. One but day that's and almost one night. Too much. Yeah. It, yeah. I kind of believe, but at the same time, there's no way any kind of big. I'm not saying calling this big budget, but an actual movie was filmed in one day. There's just too much setup, scenes, changes, co- not a costume, lighting, running, and lighting, and- like, coming in, coming out, and, and say. It, it was a lot of a lot different of work to
1: shots. I mean, they were the, the, they were in town. Uh, they had the, the
0: well. They could they did the town stuff probably like in you know one setting because it's just the, the the her walking through the town, the sheriff's, and then the one shot at the restaurant. And then everything else is at the is basically at Jill's house or the barn. Yeah, and then some woods. So I can kind of buy, it, but at the same time, no movie of this size ever made that quickly. Yeah. So I don't know. Take it for what you will. Budget, uh, I could not find. Um, the budget for this movie i, I just couldn't unfortunately um but that said it's time to move on to uh see what other people are to say in mortal Kombat. combat
2: at the end of this day one shall stand one shall fall
1: is bad, right versus
0: wrong, light
1: versus dark. In the end when the dust
2: settles we will be left standing after mortal comment combat
0: Alright, so uh, there are only 13 reviews on Amazon for this movie uh, 31% are 5 star, 26% 1 star, so pretty close, pretty yeah. close this week uh, however, unfortunately, all those 31%, there's really nothing actually written out, huh. except for two. So I got one five-star review from Ringo. Um, everyone note that this is edited, but so is every other copy. Great quality transfer and packaging is cool. Special features are worth getting this edition. The special feature is a documentary of the film, plus a Tiny Tim video of his recording of Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Plus, behind the scenes interview with Tiny Tim and an interview with Tiny Tim about music and his career is worth it. Five stars. So, really, more about the actual DVD, not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like it got a good repackaging. Yeah, I play, guess. Like, a lot of extras,
1: especially if you're a Tiny Tim fan. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Duke of Rich. Rich Show? Ricochet? I don't know. Anyway, the Duke writes Tiny Tim is amazing, is marvelous, Merv. Part man, part boy, but all clown. In this mid-80s rule psycho killer film, what would have been an average boobs and blood flick is ripped apart every time Tiny Tim appears on the screen, mugging up like you would not believe. He sings his own theme song, too. As a horror fan, this is one for the fans of 80s cheap and cheerful filmed on video horror. For Tiny Tim fans, this is a delight from start to finish. Extras include the incredible Tiny Tim sideshow, which features an interview with Tiny Tim and lots of behind-the-scenes footage of making this film. So again, more about the DVD, but a little bit about <laughs> about the movie. He, itself, loved, yeah. he kind of loves Tiny Tim. Five stars. Uh, <clears throat> and lastly, this is um, a well, not five. It's a ten out of ten. This is a uh, from IMDb. Uh, from A. Gregor. One gave, I gave this movie a 10 out of 10. Not because of its quality. 1 out of 10. But because of the sheer enjoyment that can be derived from watching it. Absolutely hilarious. If you like this, check out Full Moon Productions or any other horror movie in your local rental place with a cheesy cover. <laughs> 10 <laughs> out of 10. That's, there's not much to go with this week, no. guys. One star reviews. On the other side of this fight, we have Alexander Corgan. Oh. <sighs> Films Around the World, Inc., F-A-T-W, acted as the exclusive international sales agent for Buddies, Inc., which furnished compilation money for the original production company of Blood Harvest. The shooting ranch, LTD, the production company went bankrupt and in Films Around the World, Inc. affiliate, purchased the negative uh, negative outtakes, the right to use the screenplay, and all related rights from the trustee in bankruptcy. FATW license the original version to the to the drive-in channel. The movie has never been licensed for video by the copyright owner. It will be strained out by the courts, but for sure, when it's legitimately released, the technical quality will be first rate, and there will be no unauthorized cuts. All present video versions are unauthorized, of inferior technical quality, and not as complete as the original. One star. What the shit? Why even write all that, dude? What? You're talking about the businesses going bankrupt and trans, Fucking weird. But again, (laughs) there's like all that's there. This is all I got. And one star. That was it from Amazon. That's the only one star review written on Amazon. This is a one star from IMDb from JJ Dorsha. Right, Blood Harvest is not a good film to say the very least. But I enjoyed watching something that was definitely not a gem... Wait. But I enjoyed watching something that was definitely not a gem of its time. The bad side ponytail hair styled women extremely bad clothing designs feature some of the worst fashion mistakes <laughs> in history and the lazy script makes this film so bad it must be seen to be believed and that's not it this bad blast from the past even has its own weird owl character who has a serious identity crisis blood harvest doesn't offer much for gore fans so i encourage you to watch this film as satire The storyline was only piece was the only piece of film that could have could have been salvaged. Even the camera work sucked. One star. Uh, Someone didn't know anything about Tiny Tim co- yeah. compared him to Weird Al. Yeah, which is, <laughs> but at the same time, like, for if you don't know Tiny Tim, like, and you're just trying to, I don't know, is it really that big of a strike? Like, if you're going to compare Tiny Tim to anybody in modern day, Weird Al might be the only comparable person, at least visually looking and yeah, in the oddness. Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, Tiny Tim didn't satire, wasn't that humorous as this, but this. As a, covers, as a yeah. weird performer mm-hmm. cult p- cult personality kind of yeah, like modern day that. equivalent yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely um, but it's just weird because Weird Al at that time in 1986 was like in his heyday like, yeah like, or
0: like Weird Al and Pee Wee Herman maybe mixed together a little bit
1: yeah the man child the man child yeah, thing and yeah.
0: the weird voice but in that with that's a with the Weird Al
1: look like a, like a like a blend of Weird Al and Pee Wee Herman yeah to an extent.
0: To yeah. an extent. I mean, yeah. Again, and I just really know the way to try to describe Titanship. He was an original. He was he an was original.
1: He was before with both of them,
0: yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's it. Not There was not much uh, reviews or, or, or for this week, which kind of sucked, but that that's all I could come up with. Um, all right, so that brings us to our, our final thoughts. And um, So, Aaron, what do you got this week for Blood Harvest? Uh, I was actually really
1: looking forward to this movie. I thought, uh, you know, like... I don't know much about Tiny Tim, but I heard about him when I was even in high school and stuff. I remember even, yeah, like... Yeah, you hear like, the name. Like, oh, yeah, Tiny Tim. Yeah, right. like, I remember, you know, like, being familiar with him. Even then, I was like, I oh, do a weird fucking act, but whatever. But when I I didn't know he was in a horror movie, I'm like, okay, cool. This could be kind of cool. Uh, it It... I actually kind of like some things about this movie, like... Tiny Tim was not the killer. He would They they did, they did throw out some decent red herrings, you know? Like, the townspeople were all pissed off. And, you know, Tiny Tim's a fucking creepy, weird-looking dude. We don't know exactly who's fucking with her, who the bad guy. Like, they did a pretty good job of keeping you in suspense on that front. You know, Scott's, you know, we, she's only known Scott for a little bit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's engaged, but, you know, fuck, no Scott. So, they did a pretty decent, pretty decent job on that part. Tiny Tim turns out to be the hero. Um... But it was just boring. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of... There was a part of the movie where nothing was said for almost 10 minutes. There was only, like no dialogue. It was so hard at times to watch. Uh, great titties, though. I, I, I'm really on the fence, but I'm going to say so bad it's scary. Uh, I'm going to say skip this one. Um, unless, unless you're a huge Tiny Tim fan or have interest in finding out about him, watch it. Other than that, it's... Uh, it's it's not for me.
0: Yeah i I was in a weird play with this one too. Like when I the reason I put this on my list like probably two years ago or more when I first I was like holy shit Tiny Tim in a horror movie I, I gotta watch that because like a, he's gonna be, he's a creepy weird guy. as This like this could be great, but then like I was like that was like how do you not how do you have him and not make him the killer? Like is this some weird thing where Tiny Tim's like his image like oh it's like putting Pee Wee Herman in a movie and not having Pee Wee Herman's good because he's a like a, kind of like, I, child icon, so you don't want, like, this beloved character being, like, tainted by being a killer. Well, he already did them, himself, so, but jerking off. The yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, but I mean, I, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> I mean, you know what, I mean, something I, like I that. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's just weird. Like, I, I found that weird that Tiny Tim wasn't the killer. Um, And then the way they went about doing, like, yeah, it set him up as the red hair in the very beginning, but it's pretty goddamn obvious, real quick, in this movie, who it is, and they can, so they kind of get rid of that whole Tintin red herring really quickly. Like it's not. It's it, they give up on that. They don't carry it further into the film longer.
1: Like that that part where he's feeding that woman in this hobbit hole. Yeah, like that's, that's like
0: okay. He's oh, the fucking he's killer. The killer. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's obviously then in on it. He obviously knows what's going on. Then at least, but. But when you have the killer running around a fucking nylon stocking, and you can clearly see, it's not Tiny Tim. Just,
1: just even if you didn't think it was Gary, I mean, the the difference between their physical size, because Tiny Tim's a pretty short guy, short and stocky, and, and, and very stocky, yeah.
0: And Gary's tall and svelte, like yeah. pretty lean, yeah. Uh, and, the kill,
1: and even even the killer, you know, it's
0: like if you weren't sure it was Gary, you know, because yeah, he wore that I mean, big bulky, uh, right? But then, but again, don't put put a full mask on or something because you can clearly see. Okay, the killer is. Got short blonde hair, not long wavy brown hair like Ty and Tim had. I mean, it's it's so easy they mm-hmm. drop that so quickly, and so I, I was like, I don't know. The acting's not terrible. I was really surprised that this girl, Jim, I Itonia, whatever her name is, was the only one done. I I could have easily seen her do a more '80s horror movie and it would have been fine. She fit the role fine. She yeah. wasn't terrible. She had a bang and buy. Had no problem throwing showing off those tits, man, because yeah. they're in the movie a lot. Um. So that's a big two thumbs up for that. But yeah, like the movie is kind of slow. The kills suck. Uh, They're pretty much almost an afterthought. Like you name a movie, blood harvest. They're basically the fucking blood, man. Harvest do something. But other than take, there's really no harvest at all. At least harvest some crops. Do something. Yeah. There's really nothing. The farms aren't even working farms. They're all sold and foreclosed. Cut some wheat. There's nothing. (laughs) Um, So I think at the end of the day, yeah, unless you really want to see the oddity that is tiny Tim, which you can probably just go look on YouTube now and actually see him as his weird character. Uh, but Titan does do a good job of this. He is creepy. He is I, in weird spots. I he, agree. He, he does a good job. I'll I give him credit. Totally, Very, way better than I thought he was going to be. Totally agree. I thought he... Uh, but he is just yeah. a natural performer. That's it. So I'll give him credit. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, other than just the oddity, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Novelty, I yeah. guess, of this movie. I'm still going to say... I'm probably going to say So Bad Scary too. on that. But... I'm not. I'm not gonna blame anybody if they want to watch it for the oddity or just to see the, the the weird novelty of this one time. Move on, but overall, I'm still saying so bad, scary, yeah, and can be skipped if um, at the end of the day. All right, so that's gonna do it for us. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, remember, if uh, I know it's been a while, but uh, you know, if you are listening, if you're new to the show, or if you're uh, returning viewer after a little bit of a hiatus there in January and stuff, uh, check out our Patreon page. Uh, we're gonna get back to doing more with that. Uh, so if you want to help support us, uh, you know, check it out and uh, sign up there. Uh, keep uh, keep an eye out for our uh, horrible horror March movie ter- March movie tournament of awfulness March movie madness tournament of awfulness. I always fuck with the title, I never get that right. That's <laughs> an ongoing thing. And uh, we're also gonna have some other bonus episodes coming down for Patreon. We're gonna be doing some uh, video game stuff. We're, uh, we got some Resident yeah. Evil episodes lined up. I got a few other horror video games I want to talk about uh, that are that coming up to touch We touched on Left for Dead. That's a great one, too. We touched on that. Um, so we have that coming down. Uh, we'll probably try to do some more Back from the Dead as well. Um, and maybe also a new little quick rapid-fire show. Maybe I kind of want to call it Boot or Reboot. We haven't done that in a long time, so we uh, might be doing some of that as well. So uh, in the meantime, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back later with another movie. And in the meantime, you know what to do. That's right. You watch more horror movies. And remember to always keep it tight.